Hey, hey, Salemites, we are back. This is Soap Dish Salem Style. Of course, I am your host, Michael the Maverick, a.k.a. the slut from the ballet. (laughs) (sighs) And we have my guest co-host, Nick. Hi, Nick. Hi. He's very excited to be here, (laughs) y'all. He's already talked about it. We're ready. I'm new. I'm new. I'm trying to (laughs) just ease it. It's okay, just jump right in. We won't bite, we promise. And that vo- wonderful voice you hear now is my pal, my confidant, my vice president of this establishment, Tony. Tony, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm living. I'm alive. <laughs> also, we have our very own Miss Texas, Dylan, in the building. Dylan. Hey, everybody. How are y'all? <laughs> and lastly, we have our resident Elani encyclopedia president and all that combined are yet. Hi everyone. Well, since due to technical difficulties, we could not post our podcast from last week. We're going to discuss the news that we discussed last week again. And I'm pretty sure we all now have been sitting on it for a while. So it's going to be a lot of opinions going at once. (laughs) So now it is time for our Salem Spectator Special Report sponsored by the daughter of Laura Horton, Jennifer (laughs) Lowe's (laughs) Devil. I told y'all I was going to get one in today. We had no doubt. (laughs) Okay. We have a lot of returns coming up for us. We had the return of Theo Carver, the return of Rex Brady. and Why? Yeah, and the random return of Sam, a.k.a. Sammy Brady's auto, alter terrorist. Yeah. Alter terrorist ego coming up. I'm just going to start by saying the only one I'm looking forward to is Theo because the other two makes absolutely no sense. I feel that they're going to use Sam for a... a stand, stand. Yo, yeah, stand shit. Whatever. <laughs> I feel like they're going to use Stan as one of those crappy April Fool's Day cameos. You know oh. how I feel about yeah. know how I feel about those random. Gonna, I feel like it's going to be a step out of story amnesia dream for Brady. I actually think Sammy is trying to access something and she can't so she like dresses as Stan and I don't know something. I think it will have something to do with the, the character Stan and not just in the April Fool episode. I'm definitely intrigued. Me too. I'm gonna need a little bit more information before I decide if I like it or if I don't. So I'm just gonna stick with intrigued for now. Um, I'm very excited for Theo. Uh, especially since it looks like they are immediately putting him in Claire's orbit and then we're going to have Chanel coming in in a couple of weeks yeah I know Michael you're not thrilled but we'll just have to deal with it (laughs) my issue and I feel like go ahead my thing is I'm going to put this disclaimer out there now I said it last week and I'm going to say it again I know a lot of you want Kyler Pettis back, and y'all have been ranting and raving about it on Twitter, but people in hell want ice water, and guess what? They're never going to get it. 
they're never gonna get it. So let that it go. Ship, <laughs> yeah, that ship has sailed. He didn't want to come back. Just let it go. Exactly. I got that, a lot of uh, negative responses to that picture of Elon. Sorry, Theo and Lonnie. Um, some people wanted like Kyler back, and you're like, oh, that man is gone. That man. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> He's not coming back. And I feel like just be open to it because I thought Cameron was actually doing a good job. Yeah, like I said, I had no issue with Cameron in his little guest stint in November. The only issue I I really had is that I kind of wish they made the autism a little more prevalent. I agree on that. They did need to lean into it a bit more. But here's the thing. We didn't see him much when he came. Yeah, it was three episodes. I mean, come on yeah. now. He came back for our anniversary party of his dad's close friends. He didn't, he didn't even go to the party. He just exactly. literally... No, he, he, no, he went. Oh, he he went for party. five right. minutes, did not drink a sip of that good champagne they had. <laughs> and and then he went to go see Claire. She snuck a kiss with him, and that was it. He had to go back to West, wherever no, he is he in Africa. he had a scene with... Uh... Lonnie, Eli, Eli, and, Eli. Ape. But and I Ape forgot that last Eli. time, and that wasn't even much. He barely spoke. Mm. Give my thing is with these recasts and guest stints, give people a month, give mm. them their 30 days, and then say, Oh, he's not good for the role. But don't go off of three episodes and say, Oh, he shouldn't be in the role. We want Kyler back. That's unfair for one. It's kind of stupid because Kyler isn't coming back. I'm going to put that in your head. He's not coming back. He cashed his last check and he said goodbye. It's done. The thing is with Kyler, I thought he was great, but I, I think he did better with the autism, like that storyline Yeah. than Cameron is doing, or did actually, but I think Cameron comes across as more charming maybe yeah he's uh, yeah. he's got he's got more of a personality than kind yeah, of presence did, if that makes sense he also has more sex appeal <laughs> i mean there was and, and there, there coming, was chemistry there was and that's chemistry. coming from a straight man so yeah, there was, there was a lot of lust on my timeline when they announced it so it, it makes sense and he did what? have chemistry with claire in that kiss I think so too. What do you guys want for T Theo? Sorry, I'm I'm happy that we're gonna see Abe as a dad to both his kids again. Same. I want Brandon back too. Yes, but, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Christian Keys is available, but um, <laughs> um, I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with Theo. And please, for the love of God, do not make him work for Demera. Please. Okay. No. I'm going to have this serious discussion that I had with you guys before. My only issue is I know that Precious Way is coming back as Chanel. Coming in. She's coming never been in. here before. You know, you know, coming in. You know what I meant. <laughs> I don't want to, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this delicately. I don't no, what want, you're going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> I do not want two Black characters being saddled with each other, if that makes sense. Instead of putting Theo with many of the white actresses, I mean, there's only three around his age range, and putting them in a triangle or a relationship or anything like that to satisfy the grandmas in the Midwest, they will make a Black character 
and push them together instead of having Theo explore all his options around the canvas. I just, I, I feel you on that. I, like, I, I kind of get what you're saying. I, I want them to let chemistry dictate the storytelling. Exactly. I not want a situation like we had over in The Bold and the Beautiful with Segregation Corner, where clearly two of those characters had absolutely not a single drip drop of chemistry to be found between them. And yet they were literally the only people that they filmed with. And if you watch the show, you know who I'm talking about. Because they were two black people. Exactly. I want them. Go ahead. I want them to make Theo, in the words of Megan Thee Stallion, a big old freak. He (laughs) get it from his mama. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) I I mean, my thing is Lexi was a hoe. Oh God, yes, she was. Lexi was a hoe, and I love that about her. Stefano was a hoe. Uh, Stefano didn't know what a condom was because he had <laughs> I mean, listen, children he, popping he up. He literally blinked and a child popped up. Exactly. Yeah. Make that the storyline that he get his wholeness from his bloodline and let him sleep with any Lottie, Dottie, and everybody. And could you imagine like <laughs> uptight <laughs> Abe having to deal with oh, his, his party goat like his party goer son so to speak but um i don't want to cancel the possibility of theo and chanel having chemistry no i'm not just... saying that at all i'm saying I'm, at least i'm gonna be have... open to it i would be open to it but i don't want that to be the immediate go-to agree I, i'm okay i understand that because it, it they tend to do that often on these shows with black characters exactly just if chemistry is there, fine. Go for it and make it a decent story. But if it's not there, move on. I'd be fine if they did Trip and Chanel and put Allie and Theo together. Yes. One by Cleo. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Listen, I think it's going to start off this way. Like, I think Theo and Chanel will be a couple when they, like, I, I think there's something out there. About Theo having a... He has a girlfriend. Yeah, he mentioned and having I a girlfriend after Claire kissed him. It yeah. will start with them being a couple, and then they, somehow they will break up and... Unless they broke a up. A story why happens. He, that's what I think, and I actually can't see it happening, but... I feel like they may be broken up when he comes to town, and then she comes to town looking for him. Oh, that's true. That's interesting. But I'm hoping we see... Because there's actually now... Five young characters: Theo, Ali, Trip, oh Sierra, <laughs> and Claire. I would, so the, I would like to see that as well. Listen, so I think if, a quad story can be really good if they hit all the right beats and like test the chemistry with all of them. So give me, give me some. Make yeah, I, I think Theo and Chanel are the perfect additions to this set to perfectly round them out. But my thing is, as a 20-year-old watching soaps, seeing 20-year-olds going out of their way to jump into marriage and a committed relationship, it's not realistic. <laughs> it's not It's not the 80s and the 90s where- I mean, Belle married Philip when she was 21, 22. And Hope was, Hope was 20 when she married Beau. 
that, and that's she was I'm... 22 when she had Sean. But I, I, it's outdated. I agree. I agree. Uh, I mean, like my my daughter, my youngest is 18. My oldest will be 21 in June. My oldest has literally said to me, like, it's a big deal for them to put someone on their Instagram. So, like, the idea that <laughs> that these kids. <laughs> who are, you know, a couple years out of high school are are looking for soulmates and trying to settle down. That is, I, I mean, I know soaps are fantasy, but that is fantasy. My, uh, I want- That's the fantasy that soaps have always been built on though. So we kind of have to let what actually happens in reality in this instance kind of go because soaps are built on romance. And that's- Well, see, that's the okay thing, with though. Them wanting like, that? who are you trying to- it, 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 that is kind of why the average age of a soap viewer is what it is because you put someone younger in front of this and they're looking at you crazy because they want to know why all these people are trying to get married before they can even (laughs) rent a car you know it doesn't make sense and i think also rushing into marriage that young for a couple like it hinders their development yeah it it cuts off a lot of story yeah i well, think so too if oh, they, go ahead nick if they explored the the fact that they were young and married and made that an issue in their marriage make, making them be restless then it probably wouldn't be that bad but when on these shows when they get married young it's just they're kind of just there speaking of marriage if they have theo and sierra on canvas at the same time and they don't go there i'm going to be pissed <laughs> i want a full tony be, 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 before you start be prepared to be pissed that's all i'm gonna say i'm aware i, want, I know <laughs> i want I a full-blown roman i told nick i was like that's not gonna happen i want a full-blown roman marlena and john triangle something like that with <laughs> but why do you guys want to saddle Theo with Sierra, please? Because Claire. I liked Sierra at one point. I <laughs> did too. I mean, of course, I did as well. But, but come on, it's there's better Claire. Than Claire. I, it's better than Claire. I want better for all of them involved. But I grew up with Sierra and Theo, so I just want to see. I want to see it happen at some point. I mean, I mean it's better I than hearing Claire catawall those cat moans. <laughs> <laughs> but. My um, my dream for this younger set right now would be for them to be like Dylan. You know what I'm talking about? Glow by the bow crew. Yeah, like, everyone's let be, and let them be messy. Let them be dramatic. Let them like like let them explore relationships within that, that little circle set and just see where things go. Everyone sleeping with everyone. And you know everyone's gonna have their favorite couple that they root for within that group, but it's interesting to see how everyone intermingles and literally. Ambitious. Yeah, it's gonna see how it's gonna be interesting to see how Allie, Claire, and Chanel, and Theo, and Trip all kind of um, play off of each other and see which different combinations we get. Because I think with Ben, ben and Sierra being being married and dealing with their own stuff. Sierra is going to be involved in that stuff. Yeah, but I don't think she's going to be involved in it in the same. That's not happening. Shut up. Shut up. They could tell a really good story if they, they need to sharpen the writing for Ben and Sierra. Please. That's just my opinion. We'll get to that later, y'all. Okay. Yeah. We've sat Wait, have we, have they heard 
like are they casting Johnny at any point? I'm not sure. I, they, I would they think they would, ha- they, would ha- they would have to at some point because Allie and Johnny are twins, so they're definitely the same age. It's weird that he's not here. Yeah. I agree. Well, I mean, my, you, my you dream about... would be for him to be the killer, and that would be his entrance story. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about Stan. We've talked about Theo. What about Rex? I don't what about Rex? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> why? And the spoilers that we have for his return make no freaking sense. Okay. Wait, no, what are the spoilers? He crashes Xander's bachelor party, number one. And then Brady and Chloe are convincing Rex to try to make a play for Sarah. And well, like, Sarah's been done with that man. They keep toying with my... Didn't he fuck her sister? <laughs> they keep toying with my classic Remy heart. Please don't bring Rex back. Mimi ain't coming back. She and Gamblers Anonymous. Leave that be. <laughs> This is just, if, I mean, if he brought why? Mimi and Emily back, fine. I will be, I would be okay with it. But I don't want no drags. Keep him <laughs> off screen, please. I'm over it. I wouldn't I mean, have they, a problem with it. I they, just don't get the reason for it. I don't get the reason for it either. They should have brought Noel back if they were like, oh, basically asked for fun. Sarah and Xander. Which makes no sense. It but, doesn't because she's been done with him. But like, maybe. I've seen a few like um, theories. Um, is still is Sarah and Rex still married? No, I think what's going to end up happening is because Sarah's going to be the one to bust Kristen, which I roll. Um, oh right, that's all. I think Kristen is going to end up kidnapping Sarah, and she's going to make it look like Sarah ran off with Rex. I'm kidnapped, oh tapped God. out. I'm tired. I just. Same. Claire well, gets the well, you I mean, guys, we're just gonna hop on into the weekly recap because it, it's a lot to discuss that we're actually talking about now. So we're gonna do right. it regular Douglas style. You know, we start up small and then we work our way up. Now, what should have been a big story was actually kind of small, Damn. which is actually over in Eli and Lonnie's apartment. Well. At first, we see Lonnie discussing with Susan Kristen about their past <laughs> in Italy. And Susan desperately tries to convince, you know, Lonnie that she's actually Kristen. I love Stacey. Wow. <laughs> She's amazing. I'm actually going to get to meet her in like two weeks and I'm dying. Meanwhile, across Salem, Eli and Abe talk about the investigation into Laura Horton's death. Told y'all. And... <laughs> They talk about their concerns with Lonnie's friendship with Kristen. Later on that day, we see a surprise guest enter Eli and Lonnie's abode. Jack K. Harry comes in as Paulina Price, the aunt of Lonnie. This story My God, I love her. I love her this should have been way bigger. I, the way they sat and promoted Jack A, and then just to have her on one day this week was kind of No, like, she was on two days. Yeah, the, the first end of episode doesn't Monday. count. It does yeah. not. <laughs> She's gonna be on two days next week, but I agree the the way it was done. Um, it was a bit uh, underwhelming because they were focusing mainly on. Uh, I don't remember what happened exactly that same episode, but it was like five minutes of uh, Paulina, Ilani, and Abe, and that's well, yeah. not it. But it, 
it was five amazing minutes. So, well, Ariette, you got your wish. I'm finally invested in the Elani story. Yay! <laughs> and I must say, I want to give a shout out to Sal because when she was talking to Paulina and she was calling her auntie, it was just the most blackest interaction. <laughs> Because, you know, Black people, we don't never call our family members by their first name. We go auntie or uncle or, you know what I mean? It was just, I loved it. It was very nice. And I feel like Jack A is an invigorating cast member who has brought life back into days a little bit. Not much, but I'm back intrigued with days again. My favorite moment of that was literally when she hugged Eli. <laughs> his face that that face was half what is happening and half oh my god it was like Lamon was like oh my god Jackie Harry is hugging me <laughs> so, did you see like um when Paulina was talking to Abe and Lonnie and Eli hugged each other and was smiling yes. I yeah. felt like that was Lamon and Sal smiling because okay the black people are finally about to get some shine because Jack A came in and took over. It breathed. Literally, there were a couple times when Sal almost looked like she was going to break. Yeah, they broke character. I don't know if you guys noticed, but um, when uh, Paulina said, oh, Lana, you did good, and Sal started laughing. I don't know if you guys noticed, but... (laughs) (laughs) I would also like to say that part where she was like, did you know I'm rich? It's just there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was that you always like the energy. I'm it, very... it gave me very much Mariah Carey. <laughs> it's I, so I like good. the scenes. Oh. I needed I needed more of it. Mm. I want them to go into depth about Tamara keeping Lonnie from eight. I need that explanation. I know. Like I think everybody wants a reasonable explanation. Because they played it all. Abe. It does not make sense. Like Abe at all. is good guy Abe. This is not yeah, the mirror you're keeping your child from. It's right. good guy Abe. Abe would have done at the very least, he would have done right by Lonnie. So it's like you have to give me something. Something that makes some sense. The only thing I can think, I'm trying to remember how quickly after Tamara left that he met Lexi. That's what I was thinking. Well, Lexi was introduced like that same year. Okay. She was introduced in July. um, No, 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 no. That wasn't Lexi, but that was... Was that Nikki? That was Renee. That was Nikki Wade, right? That was Renee, yeah. No, Nikki was in the early 80s. Renee played a a different role. I know that, but it was in 82. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think maybe... It was because he was in an established relationship with Lexi and she didn't want to mess it up. That's what I was thinking. That's possible. But I also remember there was a, um, some sort of hint that whoever Tamara was involved with before Abe was a dangerous person. Right. Because she literally she, ran away yeah, from him. Yeah. Abe was going to look into this person's background. I think his name was Coleman or something like that. And when she found out Abe was going to do that, that's when she left. So I'm thinking maybe the maybe. Pers- person was dangerous and she didn't want to bring that to Abe. They or, could do that. Or maybe, yeah. and here's an interesting way they could have done it. Maybe she wasn't sure which one. Like if maybe she got back together with Mr. Dangerous 
and she wasn't sure if it was Abe or him that were the father and she wasn't about to bring Abe into this if she wasn't 100% sure. And then by the time she found out, it was just too late. True. They could just something, anything. Yeah. How would you guys want them to write this in? For- well, Lonnie had a stepfather, so I'm assuming that was him. So oh, she did. they need to bring it up like why don't what we hear if he with dead? him i remember is he dead yeah, are like, they divorced is he in jail what is it right like it's they should have used billy davis friend. for that role oh that, that would have been, been perfect <laughs> instead of having him shacking up with bam having her looking like she laying up with her papa Which, <laughs> i'm just saying i mean yeah, hey. i'm tired of them i'm tired of them putting down with old men i'm honestly don't want that old peter <laughs> anyway. Do you guys, there's a spoiler come on, coming up. Maybe we should uh, save this for the spoiler section. But um, Paulina is supposed to go against someone who is having like the lead role in the family. Do you guys think it's Valerie and Paulina or Valerie and Julie? I think it's Valerie and Paulina. Because I, think I know what it is. <laughs> you do? You think yeah. it's over the godmother thing, don't you? No, it was. I think it was Kate. Huh? No, because she... no, there was something that I think Jackie said in one of her interviews where she ends up battling somebody who has a more prominent role in the family in and, the Price Grant uh, Carver the... family. Oh, so it wouldn't be Kate, right? So I think it, it's Valerie. Because doesn't Eli ask Valerie to be the godmother? He does. True. So then I'm guessing Paulina is going to take it upon herself to make herself godmother Paulina. Paulina, uh, her, Jackie said um, in an interview with Daytime Confidential, I think it's called, uh, when I come to town, I think that there's a role I should be playing in the family that's taken over by someone else in Salem. But I want her to step aside and let me be in charge. I prefer it be Julie, to be honest. Yeah, I think it is Julie <laughs> just because that in Salem, we don't really see Val that much. Yeah. Yes, but and we Julie... also know that all of them were filming together per Lamont's Instagram, and that's Lamont's Instagram, which is going to be airing soon. Yeah, like, but soon. the thing Within is, the... Val is not, Val is very laid, you know, her presence is not. She doesn't have that takeover she... spirit. Yeah, <laughs> Paulina doesn't also remember... know that. But but Julie does like Julie comes in and she. I mean, look at like this. She didn't fight Jules like the naming of Jules being her name. You know what I mean? She could have. She honestly could have took that and just read Eli and Lonnie for pure filth, but she didn't. Right. Remember, I'm thinking like it might be Valerie because the way it was like described, it sounds like within the price grant carver family that could be valerie and also valerie is laid back but remember back in 2018 when she basically had lonnie confess to eli that she was pregnant with his, with his True. baby True. So, yeah. she, when it comes to eli she'll she'll go she, to the mat for him well exactly. let's talk she about, can definitely do the meddling mama thing yeah well let's talk about the lonnie and Susan interaction. Oh my God. <laughs> quite I'm honestly, quite floor. honestly, Lonnie should have knew off rip. Something's not right. And she did. She did. She, did, she, did. But she was suspicious. But Lonnie has never 
really interacted with Susan. With, with Susan, not oh, one on one. Okay, so okay, now that makes Eli sense. has, but Lonnie, the only time remember the Jarlena anniversary back in 2018 when they had that whole like the unmasking exactly. Oh, yeah, was, he had to touch her teeth. <laughs> yeah, no, that was 2018, back in like when Eli went to the Kriak's mansion. Yeah. But 2019, Eli and Lonnie were at that whole event. And then Susan came out and knocked Kristen out. And that's the only little interaction Lonnie has had with Susan. I'll give Lonnie a pass on this because she's probably sleep deprived. She's been running all across the country to find her kids. She also said exactly. that as well. So and, that's post, and she's postpartum. She's she's exhausted. But listen, when Susan started praying, ooh. I was on the floor. On the floor. Lonnie's reaction. She was like, "The fuck is wrong with this?" <laughs> Literally. I was like, what is happening? Because at first I was like, oh God, not another prayer. Because every yeah, time because every time they pray together, like just my eyes roll so far back in my head, I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to find them again. And then she's <laughs> <laughs> and then she started talking about Chloe and like <laughs> calling her a hussy and all this other stuff. Right. And oh. I was dying. And that oh was my well, it was literally amazing. Not quite, as, not quite as good as Kristen as Susan and Philip, which also had me on the floor. Well, I should have started with this one first. But you know, you know what? Scratch that. We're gonna jump from Susan to Kristen. Well, we see Chloe bringing Brady a batch of zucchini muffins. What the hell is a zucchini muffin? <laughs> They're um, actually very, very good. It sounds disgusting, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, must to Kristen's chagrin. Um, they go back and forth for quite a while, and then Philip decides to visit Brady, where he informs Susan Kristen that Chloe has feelings for Brady. Can I just say kudos to Kristen for coming up with that entirely realistic reason as to why Susan would give a shit? Right. Like that was so smart. She turned it around and made it about John and Marlena. That was freaking brilliant. My th- also, my best part of those scenes was Philip go- coming in and just spilling all the tea. Just right? spilling all, having no, no clue that he's basically telling on Brady to Kristen. <laughs> it it's very li- funny like also my favorite too was like. When she was pretending she, oh no, that was with that was with Ben and Claire the week before the dance with the vibes. But like when she used Susan's vibes to tell Philip that he needs to go for it with Chloe, and he, and calls he Chloe, called her and right that curved. <laughs> Chloe turned him down flat. She was like, um, "No, nah, I'm good." I'm Philip was like Chloe lately. <sighs> What'd yeah, you, you mentioned you mentioned something about you think Chloe's coming off as clingy. Mm-hmm. She is. I, I see that as <laughs> okay. I her get being it. guilty. Yeah, me too. I mean, but the thing is, that hasn't been a beat that's been played on screen. I don't sense 
her, I mean, I can, I can understand this if she feels guilty, but I don't sense it from her. It comes across like her being clingy. And I'm just like, ugh. Clingy or not, I like them together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've been watching Days for 10 years and I knew they were married when I first, when I started watching, but they never played it like at all i knew brady was a recast i'm like why haven't they tried it and now they are i like them Kristen needs to go take that damn baby with her um (laughs) (laughs) i hope that baby is somebody else's courtesy of uh ross experiments i don't care brady and Kristen don't work put brady and chloe back together it would piss victor off why not please because i think it would and their chemistry but like yeah they've worked together for like the last 10 years nadia and eric have worked together on and off the last 10 years and their chemistry has never been like this it, yeah, I didn't expect it. It took me off. It caught me off guard. It's so good yeah, because I, I don't. They've never let them play romantic, so like we've never. Never would have guessed it. this. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now that they have like the chemistry and the tension, ooh man, it's good. And Chloe I'm, can still get I'm ready again. for the John Aniston jokes. I'm so ready. I can hear it now. So a drug addict and a slut walk into a match. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> he may even call her ghoul girl. <laughs> I heard it. Oh, he would lose his mind. Please do it. Please. Completely. The only people who might actually be happy in Brady's life about this are John and Marlena. Because you can see that they low-key... Yeah, they like want them back together so badly. They, I think they just want him away from Kristen, to be honest. Look, Victor might pull a Catherine Chancellor. Dear God in heaven, it's a repeat <laughs> offender week. <laughs> I mean, he she could he could also give her the Eve treatment and like take one look at her and go, Did anybody order a hooker? <laughs> <laughs> she was a prostitute. She was. It was that was a weird time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really was. Well, Vivian speaking Sen- of Victor, Vivian Sun Quinn was her pimp. Yeah, what happened to him? We don't and... know. We did. <laughs> I don't think he's dead. I think he just left. Yeah, and he can stay gone. I, yeah, that's who Gwen should have killed. But we you know I'm not bitter. So, oh yes, you are. Own your bitterness. <laughs> so speaking of Victor, his wife had to run in with someone a few weeks ago, and y'all didn't get to hear my read on that one, but I read her down. Wait, what? Who? Who? What? Let, let Victor's wife. Segue. Yeah, Maggie. You know, hold on. Let me get my segue in, Tony. So, oh, I, I was so just confused Steve at who and you Kayla, were too. Steve and Kayla decided to go on date night, and Steve somehow manages to become an asshole to Bonnie. <laughs> somehow manages like he doesn't just become an asshole by breathing. I mean, he's an asshole in general, but he made that simple conversation just so awful what was the entire point of these scenes except to keep justin in the pub so that that bonnie could find abby and gabby or to make or just to make steve look bad because they're always going to irritate me because i hate to say it but bonnie is becoming a new fave of mine i like her too seriously yeah i like how they're trying to redeem her but what is that to redeem though I mean, she, did she? Well, you know, I'm. I mean, she has done a lot of shady ex- things. I'm not gonna. 
I'm not gonna lie. I mean, she um, has, but here's the thing. In the past. Here's but the thing. Hold on. She's not a be- basically a villain, so there's not much to redeem. Well, they're trying to make her good. My yeah, thing right. is, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this and not have to duck after, but just say it. They welcomed a serial killer into their family, and See? that's okay with them now. Michael, so, we're here. We're here with it. <laughs> Because so, I was thinking the same thing. Right. Yeah. To sit here and drag Bonnie over something that nobody really got hurt. It was just her scheming. I mean, if that's the case, they should read Sammy every time she walks into a room. They do. But okay, <laughs> Steve never really. Steve has not exactly accepted Ben. We don't know how he feels. So that's not. I mean, I get what you're saying. But in this context, since the person in question is Steve. Oh, okay, let's take it this way. He still greets Jack and doesn't say anything about him raping his wife. Okay, now see that—that's a much better argument. So, uh, yeah, it—it it literally they, they've just ex- they've it, accepted it, shittier people than Bonnie. That's exactly yeah. No, that's totally the point, and it's—it's it's true. And honestly, if Justin can get over what he did, what she did, then everybody else can too. And here's another thing that bothered me about that scene. When Kayla was convincing Steve to like, have he made it about them. herself. But here's the thing, though: they have to pity Justin because they put Justin in the position that he had to walk away. Let's for let's not forget that Steve was a coward and refused to actually own the fact that he still loved Kayla, and was willing to let her marry another man because he was too much of a coward to say anything. And Kayla was too pissed at him to even hear him if he tried. My thing with that is, why did you make this about yourself? Couldn't it just be a general statement of, let's try to make this work. Justin is happy. And also, Justin acknowledged, like, um, Steve's concerns or whatever it was. And he still Um, wasn't budging. Exactly. So, I'm not feeling Justin. uh, I'm not feeling Steve these days. Oh, he'll never get in my good graces again. No. they, They... over. They killed. They killed any good will that character had, and there wasn't much left to begin with. The way he treated Hennessy will forever. No, Hennessy. <laughs> Who's Hennessy? Oh, Henry. Henry. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> we are not calling that. Okay. You may not call that child by his name, but we right? will. <laughs> if I can't say Melanie Jonas, y'all cannot say Henry. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. The way he treated that child will forever be, he will forever be on my shit list for that. I'm sorry. And now he's trying to act like he gives a shit about, about it. Exactly. Boy, bye. I would be more okay with the writing if they just owned the shit. Let Steve not like Bonnie. Let Steve not give a fuck about that kid. Like, just let him be a piece of shit. It, and don't I just want somebody to, to mention bring don't Roman try to make out. Him a savior. Bring Roman out from the kitchen and just have him say, Steve, you know you've been an asshole lately. Or Just, even have John say it. Yeah. Considering John John and Steve have been battling back and forth, just be like, dude, I just because you were right. Do- Steve, I love you, brother, but you're being a real <laughs> asshole and it's been like this for months now. Exactly. It's, you know, Because he can even say, look, you may have ended up being right about your son. That doesn't excuse any of the things you said about my granddaughter or her child. It, 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 I love Kayla, 
But her making that situation about herself had me looking at her like Kayla, seriously. Just oh, go I was off. also. This goes into last week, which we didn't really get a chance to discuss. But when she made that comment about being proud of Steve for standing by Trip after everything, that, that was just, cringy. Oh. Yeah. So bad. They're writing Stayla terribly lately. They have been doing it for months now, but now it's really coming to a head because I was looking at Kayla's side with a side eye because it's like, why did you make this situation about you? You could have easily just said, Stay, Steve, Steve, that is Adrian's husband. Adrian is gone. That is your only link to Adrian. Don't poke the bear. You know what I mean? Right, and like, it wouldn't have even been so bad if she played the guilt card if they didn't put him in the position to have to, to have him, you know, if they didn't put Justin in the position to have to be the bigger person to walk away in the first place. If Steve had not been a coward and just owned his feelings, then Justin never would have been put in the position that they have to feel guilty in the first place. To be honest, I'm tired of Steve's feelings. How about we bring in the twins? The Kiriakis twins, Victor, Victor and, and Joe. Vic, Victor and Joe, yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. They would have a problem with Bonnie and Justin, and that would make sense. Let's do yeah. that. And they instead would of change. having Maggie, instead of having Maggie come in and speak on it, because ooh, I might have to go into this read again. When Maggie spoke on it, I wanted Bonnie to call her every bit of an old, drunk, dried up bitch. I wanted her to read her down because. You're coming for me over my choices and my mothering and what I'm doing. You're no saint either. And that goes back to me at the beginning of the year saying that I want a huge rewrite of the Hordens because they make the Hordens so sanctimonious. And now it's become the Johnsons have become sanctimonious. Start writing these families who have their issues as being sanctimonious. None of these families on campus are good. None of them. Literally, none of them. So st- leave that on the playground. Well, hell, not just prefer the carvers or the prices. Everyone has just, their dirt on their hands. So leave it on the playground. I just prefer mess and I would prefer they embrace it instead of acting Same. like it didn't happen. Same. If my thing is, unless that person is a murderer or a rapist, Anyone in this town is willing of forgiveness considering all the things Sammy has done, all the things Teresa Bill has Horton, done. Sammy Brady, Teresa Donovan. What did Eve do? She didn't rape anybody, right? Um, No, she didn't. I mean... Didn't, didn't she hit um, Sarah? Oh. Hit her. Uh, with, no, not hit her. <laughs> with the car. Yeah, she hit Sarah with her car when she was little. That was... Um, Oh, and Kristen, of course. Yeah, and also, like, let's not forget that she framed Teresa for for having drugs on her in order to get custody taken away from her. She worked with Victor. And and that's funny. So the point is, everyone has dirt on their hands, so stop trying to paint yourself as this moral compass. Because, Steve, let's not forget how you answered on canvas. You were Victor's heavy you were his and dream. paid to to stalk and scare Kayla. Exactly. She was living in Cleveland and he scared her enough to come home to Salem. 
Side note, Teresa deserved that shit for naming that baby Tate. (laughs) So, my overall on this storyline is fuck Steve Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) My overall on this story is why did this air? Speaking of Steve Johnson, let's talk about his brother. So, Jack and Glenn have decided to grow closer. And... Basically, Jack takes Gwen's side. He even tells Abigail this, basically, that he's siding with Gwen. And he's told Jennifer this, and Jennifer has backed him up. Which leads to a confrontation between Chad and Jack, where Chad basically reads Jack for all the filth that he is. Fuck him, too. I was okay with the scenes. I'm just pissed about the story and the way it's going. The moment they dropped the charges against Gwen, I didn't care anymore. It should have been a murder trial. Like, why aren't they and making she a bigger... should have jail. should have gone on trial for murder, been acquitted. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, and I'll yeah, tell you why, I think the reason they didn't do it is because they have to figure out a way to write Abigail off quickly for Marcy's maternity leave. And I just noticed she was pregnant last week. <laughs> so, um, so, but my Jack thing. is on my shit list. Uh, I love him. Love him to pieces. And I understand his motivation behind wanting to give his daughter, you know, his newfound daughter Gwen yeah. a second chance because his family gave him a thousand chances. So I get that motivation. Here is where he loses me and here's where it goes left. You do not get to dismiss Abigail's feelings about Gwen. Abigail gets to feel whatever the fuck she wants to about that woman. A child you that raised woman, over a child because, you just met. Right. Because that Gwen woman stranger. Ru- I- ruined Abigail's life. She is entitled to feel however the fuck she wants to about it and do whatever the fuck she wants to about it. And Jack will say nothing. If he wants to have a relationship with Gwen, that is his choice. He does not have to force that relationship on Abigail. At least not right now. Shit. She's still got chat on her breath. For the love of God. Let them hate each other for a few years and then start to warm up to each other it doesn't have to be now and the fact that jack and jennifer are both in on it together pisses me off yeah jennifer's point of view on that was like okay it doesn't make sense i I feel like i feel like jennifer would be more on abby's side than she is like i feel like jennifer Jennifer would be more neutral than she is huh cool jennifer would be more neutral she would be understanding Mm. both sides of it because My issue is the sides. reasoning behind why he's taking her side. Oh, well, she had a bad childhood, this, that, and the third. Nobody on this show has had a childhood that is filled with roses and honey. So, and yeah, they're yeah. good. When Chad so, said, cry me a river. Exactly. Nobody has had a perfect childhood on this show. So, to use that as an excuse is bullshit to me. Now it feels like you're just picking a side, and it's not cool. Uh, yeah, Chad and Chad and Jack have traded places on my shit list. Chad is slowly coming off of the shit list because the way that he's defending his wife right now, and the way he's trying with this marriage, yeah, is prefer Chad on the, I, I prefer Chad on the shit list. He's more interesting that way. And now, yeah. huh, he's more interesting saying the awful things he said about his wife. No, he is not. 
him being in a bad place and him trying to fight to get out of it is what makes it more interesting. Yeah, which is kind of where That's he is mean. now. So what we have what we have now is great. I really wish we did not have to go down into the depths of hell to get here. Well, I will say this, even though y'all know I've been calling for Abigail to divorce him and never look back. I'm invested in a couple again now that he's actually trying. I said that I might be, even though I feel like, you know, I feel like she could move on. If he's actually trying and he wants to go to counseling and make this work, I can be all for Chavie again. But yeah. so they don't to... divorce again because they've been married too many times. Yeah. I feel like and they're not even 30. Plan, I feel like Abby's <laughs> plan with Gwen is gonna end up delaying, like gonna end up putting a wrench in everything. Because he it's it's gonna and I feel like it's gonna end up being played like here he is trying and here she is throwing it away to get revenge on her new sister. I feel like that's where they're gonna end up playing this so that she can go off on Marcy's maternity leave, but I don't really want that, but that's kind of where I see it going. Well, I Before want a trial. About it. I want a trial. I'm going to Me be too. screaming about a trial like Maxine Waters does for an impeachment. I want <laughs> her in jail. At least a, a few weeks of a murder trial. We're not uh, going to see the murder trial, though. We haven't, I mean... Maybe they could do it when Marcy comes back. We'll be lucky if we see Charlie's murder trial. When rich chick has blood on her hands, Tony. I understand she has blood on her hands. I'm not disputing that. But we haven't seen an actual trial on this show since Gabby's trial. That was so good. It it was was, good. It was good, but they don't even have a courtroom set. They have nothing. All all, All of their court stuff in recent years has been off screen. This would be too. It hasn't been really. Um, I mean, last year they had Sam and Nicole. Uh, that that was the only that was the that was the only oh, that one. Was the other arbitration. That the arbitration funny. that was literally the only one. Gabby's Gabby's trial when she was on trial for poisoning Abigail that was off screen. Evan's trial was off screen. Ben's trial happened during the gap year, so we never even saw that. That's true. Well, one more small thing before we get to the big things, guys. Zara continues to plan their wedding. Yay. That killed scene. What the fuck was that killed scene? What what was that? I I would like to say I like Sarah's hair now. I thought that was Paulina in front of Xander. I was so nervous. (laughs) 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 I was like, wait a minute. Does she know him? It was, it was I will so say she looked a little like Peter Pan anymore, so there's a plus. I love that. I mean, I, I didn't love the scene, but I love what she said. It is a little prick. So it's not that little. Also, when, when he mentioned wanting to explore the cook side of his family. We have another I, family coming, I feel. Yes, oh. but here, here's, here's where I... um say no. If Daniel Goddard is any member of that family, I rebuke that in the name of the devil. Daniel Goddard's Australian, isn't he? 
Leave it on the playground. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. Literally, ever but, since I saw that he he followed ninety percent of the day's cast, like part, like I know he's probably just begging for a job and saying, "Let me in, let me in." Let's but, not speak that evil into the world. Um, but literally knowing that, and then hearing, I was like, "No, please, no." I'm warming up to Xander and Sarah again because they finally toned her down. Because it was a cute scene. Car- it was just point. It got a little cartoonish. When a few months back, but I'm okay oh, with God. it. Now. Yeah, I it's, it's want, getting better. Not, I'm still not feeling them. Is Xander's mother dead or alive? Dead. dead. Damn it! Come on. He he bond he bonded with Maggie over ice cream over his dead mother. Shit. When he was drunk, remember? Why did they kill her off? They could have cast her, Robin Strasser to play her. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Why not? <laughs> no. I wish they would have made him British. Maybe we could have got um. God, who? What is oh, you know who'd have been good if he'd have been British? Leslie Ann Down. Oh, ooh, that yeah, would. saw her as if um, he was British. I would prefer of... John Collins. We don't Lizzie have John Ann... Collins' money. John mm, Collins is too right. damn old. Wait a minute, hold Lizzie on. Lizzie we haven't talked about Alyssa Sarenson. I love her, but no, she's too old. <laughs> I need somebody that can do something. She's doing How do I feel thing. about the Sarah Sarah Chloe scene? Pointless. Um, I no, it. Well, it, it was a plot point. It it, yeah. it it was it was literally a plot point to get her in the place to be able to discover Kristen because she discovers Kristen at Basic Black. Okay. So she's going okay. there to pick up her. Oh, so it had a point. I mean, it, Chloe, I completely agree with her what she said, and I feel like Sarah Sarah is basically. Sierra Light when it comes to Xander's past? Yeah. yeah. No. Yes, yeah. She is. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Here's the thing. I know we were talking a little earlier about everybody having done their dirt and everybody having, you know, their crosses uh, to bear. That's that's fine. But the other side of that is if somebody has done something egregious to you you have the right to have smoke with that person forever yeah Mm -hmm. and sarah is in no position to say i forgive xander he didn't do this to you exactly he didn't do this to you what are you forgiving him for you can't (laughs) you can't extend forgiveness xander was just for a trust the evidence against himself and here's the thing and here's the thing though with xander too like xander doesn't own any of what he did But any of what he did out of that Xander is in a position because a, a solid 90% of the people that he you know terrorized are still walking around here he's in a position to where he can atone he can make and he atone. doesn't he he chooses not to but he can that that avenue is still open I'd and rather he, him not to because away. he was more interesting as a villain than this redeemed character he is right now. Yeah. Even if he but were to ad- to still- own what he did and not even apologize for it, I would almost respect that. But I would he prefer de- that. But he tries act to. Like it, they act like he, that didn't happen. He denied shooting Marlena right to her fucking face, and at that point, I was just like, "Well, he wouldn't tell her. I don't want him to admit it. That would suck." <laughs> but he like just 
it just it rubs it rubs me the wrong way and i i like paul so i want to like xander and i want to like xander and sarah but it's just i i don't i prefer to love to hate xander let him be a dickbag i agree but they're not going to it seems so it was a cute scene overall i just feel like having them on once a week to do this comic relief it's getting old. It's, Give them a story. I hate them as comic relief. I hate it. It's Where's literally. Noel? It's literally. They have. They have episode guarantees. They have to meet. So let's throw them over here. But here's the thing, Jack and Jennifer were comic relief, but they also had compelling story to go along with it. Exactly. Yeah. Have- they also think the comic relief doesn't work for Sander and Sarah at all. And I like them, and it doesn't. It does a little, oh, yeah, but right. the thing is, when you're having them on once a week, you're basically making up Sarah the Sally Spectra of days where she comes in once or twice a week. Oh, let's see what's going on at the Kiriakis Mansion. Ha, 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 ha. Give them Can we talk a- about the fact that they're living there when Xander has issues with the Kiriakis people? Like, you have an issue with Victor. You're not even speaking to him. You're not working at Titan, but you're living at his house, but you don't want to get married there. But you can live there and you can fuck Sarah there, but you can't. (laughs) I mean, look, unless you put me out, I ain't going. Yeah. But he was at the inn. They, he had a room at the inn, and then he's magically back at the mansion. I'm confused. They couldn't afford the inn set no more. We ain't got no money, Tony. (laughs) Just, it's so strange. We ain't got no money. I know we. I, I I know that there's a budgetary reason for it. I get that, but they could have written it better. Such, yeah, yeah. It's just so weird. Like they're literally talking about not wanting to get married in the Kiriakis Mansion. In the Kiriakis Mansion. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think of that. Oh. Well, that's it for the small things. Let's jump to the meat, y'all. Well. Ben has another dream about Sierra again. Yay! And I guess. And <laughs> he decides to go talk to Marlena. He pulls her away from her alien husband to talk about Sierra again. And John told her to go. True, but still. Um, where what else happened there? I, I was having a stroke midway through those scenes. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> And <laughs> while this while this is happening, Orpheus and Clyde are fighting. Uh, well, Clyde uh, Clyde stabs uh, Orpheus, gets Orpheus's phone, and is able to call Evan. And Evan reveals that he has Sierra. So then he calls Ben, gets Ben over to the prison. Ben now knows that Evan has Sierra, and Sierra is alive. And he's off to the police station to go try to figure out where Sierra is. Also, there was a little clip, like where Evan basically tells Sierra that Ben is dead. Yes. And I I just I'm just going to t- get my fangirl moment out of the way. I loved the hypnosis. I loved the dream. I love the fact that they were able to actually have a real conversation and talk to each other, which hasn't happened yet in these dreams. Like, I mean, I know what's happened in the dreams, but it was happening in like real time and he was seeing what was actually happening and she saw him and she was able to realize that he's actually not dead. And then she was able to tell Evan to go fuck himself, which I was living for. Like I had a really crappy week this week and my babies gave me everything that I wanted. So I was very, very happy. Okay. I'm going to say it. 
<clears throat> when this storyline is over, I want them to write Sierra as a rootable character again. Because <laughs> when she found out that Ben was dead, first off, it gave me Lady in the Cage vibes when Marlena found out from Stefano that John was dead. Was did that annoy you? Did you no, enjoy that that? that? that didn't annoy me. It's just usually in scenarios like that, I feel sorry for the character. Whereas Sierra, I was more like, cry me a river, find a new man, do <laughs> get a job. When you get out of here, pick, use that same newspaper you just read and pick up the one ads. Do something. I want them to do something with Sierra that doesn't revolve around Ben so I can root for her again. They're not going to. I'm I actually, I actually think they are based on spoilers that are coming. I, won't I don't I think they so. will. Go back to school. Do something. <laughs> well, she has a job at Titan. Why does she have to go back to school? What happened to the little sweet girl who wanted to be a psychiatrist? Marlena's about to retire eventually. Give C. I mean, that talk. I would love that. that for her. Then, so the thing I, is, I want them to do the that. The thing is, with with me, um, last week or this week, um, the hypnosis was fine with Marlena and Ben, but I feel like she has more scenes with him lately than she has with her own family, and that is kind of frustrating. That's um, not even remotely true, though. It is. She's ba- barely having scenes with her kids. Not her family, but the kids. And she's had like a few scenes with Ben lately. More so than I can recall with her kids. And My annoyance with that is we see her with Ben when we didn't see her mourn her best friend dying. And this isn't me being a Laura Horton fan. No, I, and I get it. I, un- I understand the frustration, saying, but... It's, it's me saying... Okay, play that beat with her and Ben. It makes sense. But don't play that beat and then shirk off on the rest of the beats on exactly. other stories that involve Marlena. I will have no and- issue with her talking with Ben. I actually don't. But it's nerve-wracking to me to see these scenes and be like, you could play Marlena in this scene, this scene, and this scene as well instead of just having her with Ben. That's my it. That was exactly. my issue with it. I mean, but she's not just, I mean, I understand your frustration, but she's also not just with Ben. She was with Allie too. Which is also true, but I'm saying it's and, like- And we've, we have her with John. She didn't want to go to Ben, by the way, but John made her go. So it's, it's not like it was last year during the execution where she had zero scenes with, with any of her family members in between kidnappings, but she had time to go to Ben's execution. It, but it's which, still more fun. Which is true. It's true. And I'm not going to take away from that. Because, yeah, they're playing the beats that need to be played. But don't go from playing zero beats that need to be played to playing some of the beats that need to be played. If you're going to utilize Marlena and all the glory that she is, play all the beats in all the stories. That's my only thing. No, and that, that's a fair point. Um, so the, to me, the connection um, was kind of pointless because Clyde was the one who found out, basically. That she but was alive. It was I'm never done. about. I'm not done. Okay, I'm go not ahead. done. Go ahead. And um, Lord, have mercy. But just, just say it. I have never ever rooted against someone who has been <laughs> held hostage as I have been now. 
Team Evan all the way. I oh like my Evan. God. I didn't like him the first time. I kind of like him now. It's weird. Like, <sighs> Do we know what they're doing with him? Is he staying? I, I don't know. I'm, ass I'm assuming he's going to be presumed dead in the explosion that happens, but I don't know. Listen, I just don't understand why she is she's coming off so damn smug and yeah. it's, fine. it's fine if she is tough like remember when she um she, she read, hit Rhodes on the head that was fine but she is basically standing there oh Ben is gonna rescue me what are you gonna do about it and I'm like girl shut the fuck up you're held hostage listen <laughs> I I would do the same thing listen if I'm I mean, held, if I'm held hostage in a box for six months fuck the captors who are holding me I could give a shit less I'm not I, antagonizing crazy white men with a gun right I'm a, when I'm when I'm in I don't give a shit mode I will just it's go fine. off so it's I uh, puff. But well, she okay. I'm gonna read humility, empathy, like a no, lot I... of thing as a character, and it is frustrating for you, maybe, but not not for not for me. Okay, for me, I wrote this down actually, so I won't miss. You know, the story right now for me is decent, but here are my three point, well, three to two points that really like would make it better for me as a viewer. One. Makes the error a rootable couple, a rootable person. <laughs> yeah, couple and person, to be honest. Make her a rootable character again. She is. Who, I want them, after this is all over, to basically give Ben and Sierra lives outside of each other. And it will make it enjoyable to watch again, for me personally. I want that too. And three, with the psychic connection thing, I get y'all have a psychic connection. Bo and Hope had a psychic connection. John and Marlena had a psychic connection. But my God, they did not mention it every episode. It's okay to have a psychic connection. I get it. And to be honest, that makes this story enjoyable for me because it goes back to old days. But we didn't, well, Bo and Hope kind of sort of. But we never heard John and Marlena say, I have a psychic connection with John. I know. But John Bo and Hope said it constantly all the time. And I think in that aspect, that's what they're paralleling more than John and Marlena. I get the actual like kidnapping story, and there are certain beats of the story that are that are similar to John and Marlena, but I think in that particular aspect, they are more channeling Bo and Hope. I would like I'm watching where Hope is being held hostage by Jude Sinclair. It was played that they have this psychic connection. But it wasn't said that they had a psychic connection as well, like where Ben and Sierra are saying. It was more of, I, I have a feeling that hope is alive. Something is telling yeah. me that hope is alive. Don't say, it I have a psychic better. connection. Exactly. It works better when it's played more on screen and mentioned less. Because it gives off, yeah, they have that psychic connection. But when you say like, oh, we have a psychic connection. Oh, we're... We're so it makes epic. them look We're crazier so than two cats in a bag. Exactly. So <laughs> I, Sorry. I just don't I just don't think what they're saying is actually what is happening. I, it just but it is. I mean it is happening, but I don't think it is working the the way they're wanting it to. 
It is for it is for their fans. Yeah, and fans, but I'm talking general fandom. Yeah, exactly. Just, I don't talk for the fans. I'm not a fan. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying like it should have been played more on screen rather than having the characters mention it all the time. It doesn't work that way for me personally. So I like the fact that he mentions it. I like the fact that he's saying, I don't care what anybody tells me. I know in my soul that my wife needs me. I well, mean, you can say that without saying psychic connection five times an episode, is what I'm saying. Exactly. When, when he said that to Marlena, though, when he, when he was like, please help me, I know that even th- this may not work, but I have to try. When, when he said that to Marlena, I was swooning. Like, I loved everything about those scenes. I loved the fact that he was actually able to I see actually her. I actually like that scene like, as well. And that, like, everything, like, was happening, and he was actually seeing her in real time. And then, like, when they were actually having a conversation, like, it was just, I loved everything about it. And I, I know some people are saying that the, the psychic connection is pointless because Clyde figured everything out. But the psychic connection was never supposed to be about figuring out where she is. It was supposed to be to get to show him that she's alive and to show her that she needs to hang in there and to have strength because Ben's coming to get her and it served its purpose in that in that way yeah I mean mean, it made sense to me I like the scenes especially the part where Marlene was like do you know how badly I want to help you and he's like well help me please that was amazing acting on both sides and you know that's rare for both from um rob but um i actually like those scenes those were as far as sin is concerned marlena and ben were fine i actually they they were good scenes but my thing is like i said before you don't have to say it yeah i'm pretty sure if he was like i just have this strong feeling that sierra is still alive marlena would have jumped I've had that same feeling too. Let's get to work. But I, I, I think he he was doing. I think he said it just to kind of so that she would hypnotize him because, like, he was saying, like, I had, like, he wasn't even really saying psychic connection much. He was saying, I had, you know, I had a dream and it felt so real because she, he was convinced the dream was real and she wasn't because she's like, that's not how this works. You can't actually go back to a place unless you've actually been there i can't take you to a dream because dreams aren't real but but i don't think michael is talking about just this specific scene ever since this story has been kicked off it has been mentioned in every single episode and that is like just don't just mention it all the time show us more and uh, talk about it less you know when it comes from Ben and Sierra, it doesn't bother me. It actually makes me really happy and really swoony. I'm not even going to lie. Coming from Claire, it was weird. Yes. Very weird. But and coming, coming from, from ben, all of them is like just overkill at this point. I enjoy it from Ben and Sierra. That I'm just going to put it out. You know, I, I enjoyed it. And I like the fact that she's telling Evan to basically eat shit because she doesn't care. Like, she's not going to show her captors any fear. That is not who... Well, she did when it was... When he was threatening Ben. 
And that to me is classic soap one-on-one. Do whatever you want to me, doesn't matter. You threaten the person that I love most in this world, then all of my bravado goes out the window. Well, I get that as well, but her smugness comes off as like a poor little rich girl attitude. See, it doesn't it to me, it but hard that... for people to root for her because I, I... the whole time she was going through thinking that Ben Ashley died, I was just thinking, "Cry me a river, move on." But but. And maybe it's just because I'm the type of person who would do the same thing. Like, I wouldn't show my fear. I would be a smart ass. So maybe I just, like, I relate to that because that's something that I would do. So it didn't bother me. I was enjoying it because I would do the exact same thing. Nick and Dylan, what do you guys think? I haven't heard you say anything. Um... uh... When the story's over, I just hope for better writing for them. I have some <laughs> things I may want for them, but I'm not going to talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> the boy. <laughs> the boy. I, my, um, is that, a, doesn't even have to be, it, it can be divorced, but eventual. I've always thought of Ben. I thought, always thought Ben, he's at his best when he has an edge. And I think of him. I think he should be written like this. I'm not saying it will ever happen, but I think he should be written more like Todd Manning in the late 90s. Mm. But you can't do that because then you have to have people on screen that are allowed to have smoke with him. Agree. Acknowledge what he did and not forgive him. And I agree. That's that's why if something like that would happen, they'd have to reset Ben. The perfect the perfect way to do that, in my opinion, would be for have have him to. Have him kill Clyde. No, no, Clyde, or to when have he, when, he find, when he finds out Clyde raped Jordan, or just ha- when Sierra returned, have her meet with Julie. You know, Ben, Sierra, and is a reunion between them all. And Julie just snapped. She was like, "This is all your fault. It's all that would your be fault. weird. They just spent Christmas together. True. I don't know that. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. You would, like, you would you would have to reset the town's thought process of Ben. My you thing actually is, have everyone to shouldn't it. have forgiven him in the first place. It should have been left. That but they did. I agree with that. But but it I agree with that. But it happened. But it happened. We can't pretend it didn't happen. I, oh I mean, oh I'm, yeah. But I'm just saying that was a bad writing move on everyone involved. They should have at least had two to three people still wanting his head. All of the Hortons should still hate him, with the exception of Sierra. That's my opinion. But no one's allowed to. No one is allowed to have smoke with him. And if they do, they are promptly thrown under the bus. Because let's like be you. honest. Imagine how that would have played on Twitter. If you were like, if you were to have Ben kill again and he claim it was in self-defense and it'd be his father, and then you plant a seed of doubt in not only the rest of the town's mind, but Sierra's mind, where she starts doubting him because she's not sure. Not even him because he's a criminal. They need to have him kill someone. Him being a criminal doesn't matter. That's his. That's his father. No, but I'm saying, who on campus likes Clyde enough to be like, well, or to believe no, that I don't was think, No, but you, you but I, 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 I don't think, think what, you, I don't I think, think they have to like Clyde. It's just the it's fact not that Ben, the serial killer, killed again. It needs to be. That, someone, that's all it needs to be about. No, I'm saying it needs to be someone well liked on the canvas. No, it doesn't. No, no I disagree. I mean, look, I, 
I don't really I don't really want this to happen anyway. But if we're gonna go down this road, I I it, it would have to be somebody close enough to Ben in or like it, it would have to be someone close to Ben in order for it for for Sierra to ever doubt him, which believe me would take a ginormous miracle. Like but that I- would never happen. But Killing somebody that's well liked on the canvas is one thing, but if Ben were to kill his, his father, like I could, I could see Sierra having a moment of going, "Wait, he he killed her, yeah. his father." Regardless of what the could reason he, is, if like, he were to kill again and it be his father, I think that would be a seed of doubt for her. I mean, I get what y'all are saying, but I'm thinking from the Horton mindset or the Brady mindset. If he was, I to think kill the Hordens or the Bradys would just say, "See, we told you so." No, but I look at it from Hortons. You know how sanctimonious they are. They will look at it as, well, God was a criminal. He did do all these bad things. Maybe it might have been justified. But if he w- they were to kill someone who were close to the Hortons and the Bradys, and it was Ben's fault, then it would put a divide in it. The Hortons I think, if, I think if it was written logically. But honestly, they don't even even have to do all of that like literally what they could do to give them a little bit of angst and individual in individuality but still keep them together and keep their fans happy is to just give sierra ptsd it's literally i mean it's literally right there all the trauma that she's been through give sierra ptsd have sierra love ben but have a hard time coming to terms with everything that happened in the dorm room and everything that happened after and then have them work to like work individually but also work together and make them stronger that way or all that and Ben gets tired of trying to convince her or trying to fix everything on his own or feeling that he's doing all the work and Sierra isn't and then a temporary divorce. A temporary divorce that gives them time to work on themselves individually. I don't see a divorce happening until they reset both of them. Yeah, I, I, divorce is not going to happen. Allegedly. At this point, there's no, at this time, as far as both of them are concerned, there's no need for them not to be together. There needs to be a reason, and there's no reason. Like, even if they did throw Theo into the mix, Sierra is Sierra dumped Theo for Chad before. Like, it's it, it, there's no reason for them not to be together. There needs to be a reason, and I think Ben killing again would be the perfect reason. I would not be opposed to Theo breaking her back. I would not. Oh, neither would I, but I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think it's going to, honestly, I don't think it's going to happen because she said that she doesn't. She doesn't feel for Theo like that. And honestly, I mean... But they were kids, really, though. But she said... I mean, she said it when she was with Ben. Uh, things change. I mean, exactly. It was right after the cabin fire in in uh, in July 2019, she said oh, th- So many things has happened since then. Things change. I mean... But also, my- too, I don't... They never really gave Theo and Sierra the chance to really explore anything. A, they didn't. The version of Sierra we had at that time was atrocious. Ooh, don't talk about it. Please but my number thing one, is, it, it can be written that way if they wanted to. 
It all comes I almost down thought to the they future. were going to when 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 Sierra first came came back as Victoria in 2017, she was all about Theo. But then if Kyler didn't leave or if they had recasted Theo immediately after Kyler left, that could have been a possibility. I, th- I think they would have done Theo and Sierra at that time instead of Trip and Sierra. And it would have been interesting to see what would have happened then. At this point, though, they have built Ben and Sierra. Whether you agree with it or not is not the is not the argument. But what they have built with Ben and Sierra, their connection is so deep at this point that it would take something monumental to break take- them. Well, my, my thing is... Like, she was presumed dead for six months and he didn't move on. They're not, my thing is they're not writing couples or characters anymore to have more than one great love. And that's my issue with everything. I, I think mean, my, right now, I think they need to write Ben and Sierra as characters first. They can be a couple, but write them as characters first. The characters agree. that have history, they have past, they have baggage with them. Right now, my my biggest issue with Ben, who I used to really like after he became a serial killer, which was odd, um, he he um he's he comes off a little too deserving. Like I need him to be more self sabotaging. Like he, like he 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 knows Sierra loves him, but he doesn't think he deserves it, so he constantly does things to screw it up. That would be more compelling for me. Well, kind of like thing- you, you kind of want him to be like Jack in that way. I guess. I, I, I'm thinking. That, I'm thinking more Todd Manning on when I to live. Well, I I don't have '90s Todd Manning history, but when you said that, it brought me back to Jack and Jennifer during their first run. He never thought she he she des- he deserved her love, and he did everything he could to push her away. I'd I'd be okay with that, and I would have been I would be okay with them being the way they are now, probably five or six years from now. Them being this way is it feels like too soon. Well, the only thing I can say is we pray for the best for this storyline. We're going to give it on the prayer line. On to the next story, shall we? What's next? Sam- well, oh. I don't know yeah. where I want to go with this one. Let's do this. I think we should end with the Abby Gwen stuff because that was the bigger and took up the bigger bulk of the week. I think we should cover the Charlie Alley stuff now because that was literally only one day. Well, I was thinking about this. How about this? We lift that storyline up in prayer. And another thing we're trying to lift up is this Jake and Kate storyline because... Oh, Jesus uh, Christ on a cracker. Jake and Kate make a power play against Philip and Gavin. <sighs> now, as the, Why? One, as the one lone Jake and Kate stand, I'm over them. I'm over it. welcome 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 to the land of reality i've seen the lights i don't dislike them i just need there to be a point no it's not even that it wasn't supposed to last this long it was not it was supposed to has it been that long they started the night of the anniversary party in november it is march they were supposed to be a a few rolls in the hay now that we've hit the March point, it should have ended March 1st. Now we are here. And why? 
first off, I wasn't Why? Feeling, I wasn't feeling them last week when basically Kate let him convince her to quit her job with Abe, which was so unlike Kate. It, it didn't make sense to me because Kate and Roman's marriage, aside from the Sammy angle, their marriage ended because Roman was ready to settle down and retire and have this life with, at the pub that he's living now, whereas Kate wanted to still work and have a position of power. It's, and to me, Roman was the love of her life. It, it just doesn't make sense to me that Kate would leave a job that she likes for a man because a man asked her to. But isn't, wait, isn't she going to Demera? Yeah, she's already yes. at Demera, but she left She left her job at the mayor's office to work at Demera. That's Michael's issue. A job that she has said numerous times on screen that she really likes, that she's enjoyed, that she feels like she's actually doing something that's worthwhile to her. So for her to leave a job at a company she left multiple times just doesn't, it doesn't add up to me. It feels like now they're just trying to pander and prop characters at this point. Honestly, I'm, I'm Kate always... wouldn't act like this. Yeah. And Kate is I, not this insecure. This has been like, That part I agree with. This has been my problem with this pairing since they announced it. Because it was very, very clear that there was there was really no motivation to get invested because it was really, really clear that they were just a stopgap on the way to Jake and Gabby. So it's like there was never any point in investing in this pairing because you knew that it wouldn't amount to anything. And I was like, they just said, screw that cast picture. (laughs) They are really (laughs) going to just use my girl as a prop. And I was just like, I just hope that she gets out of this with the minimum amount of damage. I mean, they've already done so much damage to the character of Kate. There's not much more they can do. Exactly. And it's like, the longer this goes, the more she looks like a clown and I'm no but i mean like, the damage to kate predates jake and kate like they they damaged the hell out of her during all like the they don't know what shit. to do with her anymore quite honestly they haven't kate hasn't felt like kate to me since they put her in their marriage with stefano i'm sorry i think the last time she felt like kate was probably when she was helping sammy take down ej even still she just didn't feel the kate that i know and love scheming but she still had you know the Kate Demera doesn't work it did not at all yeah Kate needs to be work you know what Kate needs to be working for Titan I think they need to go back to Kate Roberts well I think Michael has a point there because as soon as Maggie Horton became Maggie Kiriakis she's been awful and I feel like it's the same with Kate as soon as Kate Roberts became Kate Demera, she's become this weird character that we don't recognize. Yeah, no, that's true. But so she, I feel like Kate. I, I want to know. Kate is not this insecure at all. Kate is a schemer. She will do anything to like. I don't know. I just this is this is not what who she is at all. And I, I, I just want to know. She wouldn't, 
I want to know. She wouldn't ruin her own son's life, but she, I mean, she would, but usually when she wrecks with her kid's life, it's, it's not intentional. She, no, I mean, even <laughs> it's not, even when it's intentional, she thinks she's doing it to protect him. It's yeah. coming from a good place. It's not coming. It's from coming selfish. from a well-intentioned place right now. Philip is a unfortunate bystander. He caught a stray. It, what we exactly. say in the black community, he caught a stray. And <laughs> I just want to know, does Josh Taylor and Lauren Coslow have a stipulation in this in their contracts? We will not get together on screen. What what is it? You is have on Kate. No, I don't think Josh is on contract. I think he's recurring. They have Kate and Roman right there. We all saw it when they were looking at little Hennessy through the window. They still <laughs> I think it's the same issue with not having the Last Blast crew interact and be in a storyline. There's something or someone higher up. Probably Albert Omar. Let's just call a spade a spade. Fuck him. Hey, wait. Forever. <laughs> like, that doesn't want them to interact or but want do- Doesn't keeping them apart predate him, too? Albert Omar has been there a long time. But my, my issue is, did they not see the Twitter reaction between those two? People want came and back. Everyone knows Kate has had three loves in her life. It was Victor, it was Bill, and it was Roman. I ain't okay. Kate has had a lot of divorces on screen, but I ain't never seen her react the way she did when Roman told her that he was leaving her. She was told up. Not so, to mention the gut, the gut wrenching scream she let out when she thought he died. She right? loved her. Like some that Roman. broke her. She loved her some Roman, and she still does. You could see it in the chemistry. They will always have this connection with each other. Not a psychic one, but a connection. So why not play that? Roman isn't doing anything but mixing up chowder in the back. or or randomly showing up like he randomly showed up on Thursday no it was was Thursday because it was it was was the day that Allie aired it was Thursday oh yes Mm -hmm. like he literally like Marlena left to go talk to Ben and we by the time we saw John again Roman was in the room but we didn't see how Roman got there I was so confused there was a scene cut there it had to be (laughs) it had to be a cut scene because it didn't make any sense. But I ran with it because yeah. I like Roman. But <laughs> so did I. I was right? convinced that I, I don't know. I was, con- I was convinced that the Ali Roman scene that we got at the end of Thursday actually got cut because uh, uh, Roman and Ali's appearance on Thursday's episode was so weird and like right in the middle of stuff that I thought that they had seen each other first and then left to go to their respective locations. But, but then we ended up getting that scene at the end, so it, they just cut something or just edited something weird. But um, my point is, they have the t- tools, a.k.a. Roman, to make Kate again, and then you have her in this relationship that shouldn't have lasted this long. Or even if you don't have her in a relationship, have her give a shit that her son almost got killed by the mob. Have right? her care that her granddaughter's rapist just died, and that Sammy has been brought in on suspicion of murder have her acting suspicious as fuck because she's gonna be mixed up in the murder mystery have kate and roman wondering did their granddaughter commit murder and have the fact that they're maybe possibly covering for ali bring them back together this see this is how they should have played it 
They should have had Brady and Phillip get shot. Well, oh, damn. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. Have Brady and Phillip get shot. That would have had Chloe in a triangle with both men again. Also, it would have had Kate in a triangle with Jake and Roman. It would have been a situation where, yeah, Jake is there for her, but she her go-to to cry to is always going to be Roman. So they have Jake and Roman vying with each other. And eventually Jake drops out when Gabby comes into the picture. And they that would also reawaken Jake, uh, Kate and, and Chloe's rivalry. Because yep. let's not forget what Kate did to Chloe. Exactly. Right. Kate would have been worried about Philip because he's on Jesus's front porch. And then he has she has to worry about Chloe meddling into Philip's life again. Simultaneously, she's going through her own things with Roman and Jake, and she will reckons her feelings for Roman. They that's what I'm saying with Ron. He has the tools to make things amazing, but he decides to go another angle. It's plenty of beats that could be played. And who knows? Maybe it maybe it's a budget thing that all these things can't be played at the same time. Who knows? But it it's just it's weird. Um, uh, yeah, Kate not having a lot to do with her actual children is weird. It, All it the scenes with Chad is, when two of her actual sons are in town is ridiculous. What's weird is this basic black Gabby chic power play that they just made. And I know I've been saying I want these smaller businesses to get stories, but not in this way. It's just what do you guys think about Jake and Gabby currently? Um and the comment he made. When he called her Chica. It, it blew past me. It's been worse things said on here. I, it didn't, I don't think it I didn't saw that. It didn't really bother me either. And I think it's because Jake always says like weird random things when he's talking to people, namely Gabby. This was just the first time that it had a, I mean, Julie know, called her the, the um, Chiquita. Exactly. <laughs> that was a callback. I don't know if y'all watched. This is why I say that that there's a lot of casual microaggressions that get sprinkled into the script that make me really want them to post a picture of their writer's room. Um, because if you watched One Life to Live, when Blair and Taya would get into it, hmm. she would call Taya stuff like Chiquita Banana. And I... Mm, we're going to fight. Um, let's just fight. Um, so Twitter had a strong reaction. You, you start calling me stuff like Shaniqua or whatever. We're going to fight. We're fighting now. Point blank, period. It, it, it blew so past me because I believe me. It blew past me too. It didn't for me. I thought it looked bad. But Jake has always been trash. And I've been saying he's been he's trash. So I'm not surprised that he's saying these kind of things, but it's still, I'm just frustrated with this script, with the script writers, because this is not okay. What frustrates me is, okay, just like, just coming at it as someone who has like dated interracially, there are certain things you cannot say to me. Yes. There are certain things you cannot say to me. And 
Gabby, Gabby is not meek. She is not, you know, she's not passive. And, <laughs> and it annoys me how they let these little digs go unanswered. Yeah, I, I get that. I, uh. Had anybody else said it, had that come from, had Chica come from Kate, I would have had a bigger issue with it. it. It didn't bother me coming from Jake because Jake always says weird shit. Like he, what he, he's like called her. Kate. But it shouldn't matter who it comes from. It's still an issue, in my opinion. Like it shouldn't matter if, if it's Kate or Jake. It's still, it's still wrong. I think what I'm saying is I don't think there was a racial motivation in that line. I think it was just another instance of Jake saying the weird things he always says. I don't think it was from Jake, but I think it was from the script writers. And this is we not do the need first more time. Black people. I mean, it's a microaggression. It is what it is. Like, and and that's the thing. I people are people get so wrapped up in. Well, I didn't intend it to. Racism does not have to be intended. That's what microaggressions are. Like, it does not have to. It it doesn't have to be someone burning a cross on your lawn. Yeah. Or (laughs) yeah. Or she she has a point, y'all. That's true. And and it's like. But we overall, just be crapping. we'd have been in the horde, we'd have been in Salem Square, Salem Place, wherever we were, it'd have been a fight. Point my, blank, period. My issue is this overall turn in the story was just trash in general. <laughs> this <laughs> whole doesn't really power- make sense because Jake basically gave Gabby her company back. Remember that scene in the Hernandez kitchen when Gabby had recently come out of the shower? And, and my thing is, if why are you making an issue with this when you passed on the company in general? Exactly. They if had you a, really don't I want saw, anything to do with Gabby, let her go about her business. My, I saw a clip my theory, of Jake I have and Gabby. Theory. Oh, I, I feel like the reason why they're all of this, I don't know if it's all of the sudden, but kind of like taking a step back and switching gears and making it more adversarial. I think that they figured out that a huge part of what worked with Stabby was their dynamic of enemies to lovers and that animosity that they got to play. And I think that they're trying to bring that in. They didn't need to. They. It they, doesn't work for them. It doesn't. They could have went on continually, continuing with their own businesses, and still made them rivals. I mean, they're two separate companies from two separate subsidiaries of two rival big companies. They could have played that beat without doing this in the story. Yeah, I just feel like that's the beat that they're going for, and this is the way that they've decided to introduce it. Yeah, it, it, it's weird to for, me. Uh, love-hate relationship because jake them. and gabby didn't need that jake and gabby worked better when they were vulnerable with each other because they had the adversarial thing even when he first got to town and she was trying to convince him that he was stepping and she looked cuckoo i think like that would have worked better for them because this makes no sense this is more like a carbon copy of stabby it it's went. just not working because he's not Stefan. Jake exactly. and Gabby were at their best after they found out that Jake and, and Stefan were twins and that he wasn't Stefan. At that point when he 
he got to see her vulnerability and he got to see how much she truly loved Stefan. And he actually got to see the softer side of Gabby and they started being vulnerable with each other after that. That's what made them the work. The scene I was talking about before had Gabby be vulnerable with Jake and Jake they the they scene in the kitchen. And that was actually a good scene. And now it doesn't make sense. There's no continu- continuity. I don't know how to pronounce that. Continuity. Word. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so they were basically... This is just a plot point, and it makes no damn sense. And I'm it it would have worked Jake. better if Gabby would... had went to Titan first and got denied. And she's acting vulnerable with Jake, and Jake decides, okay, Damara is going to take on Gabby's sheet. Then you have Kate already working there. There creates or the tension if... and the fall for it. Or even if Gabby never went to Demara at all and went straight to Titan, exactly. And Jake is upset that she didn't think that she could come to him and that he would help her. And so now he's up, you know, he's kind of upset. And now you kind of have him having to go against Gabby, but not really wanting to. This goes back to my argument that Days just doesn't need to write business storylines as a way to incorporate main characters because they don't know how to do it right. Had this been Y&R, we would not be complaining. And I know I've said that I would like to see Basic Black and Gabby Chic on the forefront compared to Titan and Demera. But if we're going to write it like this, just scrap it all. Just leave it on the playground because it's it's not good. It's not enjoyable to watch. It's so many holes in it that people sit there and complain about it the whole time instead of you writing it good. Anyway, speaking of Gabby, while she's dealing with that, she also deals with Abigail trying to convince her to basically kidnap Gwen. Any any thoughts on the story, y'all? Because y'all sound frustrated. I enjoy Abby and Gabby sniping at each other. I'm so glad they're not going the bestie route with this again because hard it, paths on it's, that. It's giving me frenemy vibes. You know, they I don't like, like each other, but they have good little quips of friendship in it. But they're I not fully like making they, them friends uh, again, and I like that. I like that they aren't friends again, or like they're basically frenemies. But uh, it's way too much snark. And I love... Abby, I enjoy Gabby, but I feel like Ab- Abby's coming off as something sanctimonious. Too- yeah, a bit too sanctimonious at times. She's a Horton. No, but listen, I also get that Abby doesn't like Gabby because Gabby has done a lot of things against Abby. Abby has, like, they're entitled to hate each other. Yeah, that's not the point. I just feel like they can tone down the snark just a little bit. But I will say this: <laughs> I would love when they played rock, paper, scissors. That, yeah, that was, was I like the scene with Bonnie too. That was funny. Their yeah, faces I, when Bonnie was like, "Did you have a body in there?" Uh, <laughs> and those girls can talk. <laughs> It dragged way too long for me. It was like, uh, okay, one scene, two scenes, maybe. But it was like almost the entire episode, and I'm like, come it on. It was. But I, I will say too, I, 
I think what's, I mean, I'm loving the strong, powerful Abigail, and I love the fact that she kind of said, fuck it, I'm going to kidnap Gwen, and I'm going to try to force a confession out of her. Like, I'm all for that. Here's my problem. I know that Abby is going to eventually have to leave because Marcy's going on maternity leave. So with that in the back of my mind, and with the stuff that happened with Jack and Chad's conversation and about them talking about her snapping... I keep feeling like they are going to pivot this away from Abigail being strong and in control into Abigail losing her mind and needing to go crazy again to get her off screen. No, I I see where you're going with that, but I don't think they're going to make her crazy. They're basically going to say, oh, Abigail, you're obsessed. You might be mentally ill again. You need to go away. When in reality, that wench killed her grandmother. What do y'all expect? Right. No, I get that too, but like, and and I'm all for that. Like, I'm all for Abby hating Gwen forever and a day. But like I see that. what you're um, saying. I feel like they're gonna try to turn around on Abigail and make it her problem. Wonder if she's gonna go to Boston to help her out her mom. She's like, okay, I can deal with this shit. I have to leave town. Now, what did you think of what Gwen said in regards to her being a mother? Because I saw a lot of backlash about that on Twitter. It, okay. People- uh, okay. It pissed me off mainly not because it was coming from Gwen, man, because the writers thought that was okay to say. <laughs> because but- this was an issue when Chad said, "Just because a woman had once a career does not make her a terrible mother." I just feel like we already had that conversation. Like, a part of me thinks yeah. like when bad characters say things that are problematic problematic it's supposed to like be because yes. they're bad characters you know exactly Can- had anybody had jack said that maybe or like had or even had chad said that completely different issue but the fact that it was gwen first of all i don't even think a word of what she said was true i think she was trying to get under abigail's skin because i do not believe her unless there's verification especially considering charlotte is four right she that's the uh, furthest thing for her mind when you're four, and, your mother can be gone for, let's say, two weeks, and you still know your mother loves you. Has she been there in the, from the beginning? You know what I mean? It yeah, wasn't and, the fact and, that it was said from Gwen that pissed me off. It just shouldn't have left the writer's room, in my opinion. But mm, it, but it, it was came the same of, episode Jack said, um, Jake said what he said. So but it came out of Gwen's else. mouth, though. That's like my issue was that it. it I didn't have an issue with it because it came from Gwen. And yeah, Gwen yeah, is that's kind of how I was feeling. It's 50-50 for me. 50% mm. of me is like, oh, well, it's Gwen. She's a terrible killer. She's a killer. It's logical that she said something like that. But in this day and age, someone in the writer's room should have been like, okay, I guess she's a bad character, but that should not be said, especially coming from another woman. But, he, but also, too, like, when, when characters are bad and say problematic bad things, and then we get mad at them for saying it, and we wonder why we don't have any bad characters left. True. I mean, I wasn't mad that she said it. I feel like she could say anything else but that. That was just my only issue. Someone no, but in the a, lot of people, a lot of people on Twitter were. That's why I brought it up. Because there yeah. was a lot of backlash to that on Twitter. It just should have been someone in the writer's this episode out. I don't I remember feel- any of this happening. Because Gwen said that Charlotte questioned whether or not Abigail loved her. 
And she's like, do, do you think my mommy loves me? And Gwen said, I tried to reassure her that you did, but she didn't believe me. Oh. But my thing I is... Don't, a lot of people had issue with that because Gwen is like, what are you doing down here? Why are you not spending time with your kids? And every, you know, and everybody had issue with the fact that Gwen chose to use Abby's kids against her. But I mean, she's a villain. Like I mean, she's supposed to say awful things. Yeah, so are we really surprised when she says them? It wasn't even the fact that it came from Gwen. It was just one of those things that shouldn't have left the writer's room. I get it. Also, I get what they were trying to, to do. Gwen knows that Abigail loves her kids and she tried and Gwen's motivation this entire time has been to use the things that Abigail loves as a weapon first her parents then her husband now her kids it's I mean, kind that of a pattern that could have been said it could instead of going that route it could be like well you have time from work why are you bothering time off from work why are you bothering me instead of playing with your children they and she said, said that. that too she did they could have just left it at that. that. They didn't too. have to go through that whole you have a career so your kids don't think you love them. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't It wasn't even about the career. It was about the fact that she wasn't there for whatever, the, you know, because she, I mean, I think she was trying to insinuate that because she's been gone so much because of her various mental no, illnesses. She, she literally said that it was because of her career because she was like um, something to the effect of uh, nothing matters as much as your ego oh okay yeah that's true that was definitely it my thing is i get why it was said and i get it was coming from a bad character but she could have jumped around it you know what i mean it was something that should just been left alone especially when in this day of age where women are taking their careers and still having children you know what i mean that's been a big thing the past 10, 15 years. Why try to use that? You know what I mean? Especially when it's a hot button topic right now. That's just my issue with it. it should, they could have made her a bad character without bringing it up. That's just how I feel about it. Okay. Um, but other than that, I feel like Abigail should slap the shit out of her again. I was waiting for it. Like they've done it like four or five times, and like literally, Gwen is sitting there tied to a chair, can't fight back, and she doesn't hit her. Let somebody kill my grandmama, and I have them tied up. I'm beating the shit out of them. So, oh, listen, I would be in jail. They would be, they'd literally be buried alive. Like I'd beat the I, crap out of them. I need for Abby to have that energy that Lulu used to have for Maxie back in the day. Oh, oh fight slap. <laughs> on-site backhand. <laughs> like, I can see you from across the street. I'm coming to hit you. That, that's what I need. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes and how they address Marcy's maternity leave because that's kind of scaring me at this moment because I don't want them to make Abby the villain in this and yeah. make her go crazy just to write her out and then have her come back coming back and being all apologetic and trying to be besties with Gwen like no fuck that bullshit entirely you could just say she needs a break from Chad and leave uh, I hope it's that simple honestly I do but just with all the anvils they've been dropping I'm really really scared that it's not 
Why isn't Gwen in jail? I'm sorry. Because they have that, no that, proof. She could at least be on trial for murder or out on bail. Why do they just I'm going to be screaming there's about lit- this. There's literally no proof. There is literally no proof. All they have is Gwen's version of events. But there even with her can- version, Tony, we talked about this, even with her version, she still should be in jail for involuntary manslaughter. Isn't, but there, isn't but Abigail there, a reporter? Yes. Can't she so, just start like doing hit pieces on um, Gwen? To make to plant to plant seeds of doubt in other people's mind that maybe she did kill this lady on purpose. I th- I don't think Abigail is fully thinking logically. I think she's thinking. Emotionally? I need to make this woman pay. I need to make. Yeah, she's thinking emotionally and not logically. If she was thinking logically, that would be the path that she would take. She's coming from a place of emotion right now, and all she wants to do is all she wants is acknowledgement of the truth, and then to make Gwen pay. I'm struggling to care about this story. Post, yeah, it just went on too long. Too many things has happened at this point, and then with Jack, because it's like we know, because it's sort of like an echo of Claire trying to get you know Charlie's confession on tape. It's like we know what good is this going to do you because you won't be able to use it. If Salem is a one-party state, yes, they can. Because only one person in, who takes part of the conversation actually needs to know it's being recorded. And oh. it would... So there is a way that they could make it admissible in court if they say that Salem is a one-party state. It, I, I just feel like this story has lasted 27 years. It really oh, it has. And so many, th- so many things have happened that I'm at a point where I'm just like, over it. When will be here a year in June? Really? The thing is, oh what's God. next? Like, I'm yeah. I have no idea where this is going, and I don't. The problem is, I don't care. They yeah, really could have made this a Vicky versus Dorian rivalry, but now at this point, it's like you can't even root for both of them. You want Gwen dead or in jail? And I don't want her dead. I do. Oh Fuck no, her. she could die. She Fuck could her. die. No, she's interesting. I just want the story to be interesting. She killed my Laura Horn. So she should be on a murder trial. That's what they should have been doing. Yeah. But Either here's the thing, though. Like, this is this is the point I was trying to make. All, Gwen is saying it's an accident, and there is no proof to show that it's not. There is no video footage showing that she attacked. Laura, there is no witness statement coming forward. But even forward to but Tony, her version of but events. Even with her, her version of events in the real world. This is not the real world, though. In the it's world of, I, I, I kind of get Michael's point because it's just weird to me it's, where all it was of too cut and dry or nothing. Yeah, it's way too cut and dry. Yeah, there's a whole lot of charges in between nothing and murder. Exactly. Yes, but this is also on charges for something. Because this is her, even with Salem. her story of events. Yeah, with her statement, she admitted to at least two crimes. So it's like But also this is Salem whose track record with convictions isn't exactly the best. So I could see Melinda Trask only wanting to take cases she can absolutely win. And this is definitely not a case she can absolutely win. She could definitely win considering all the past crimes that she's actually admitted to. The past crimes? 
I, I mean, be admissible in court. Yeah, but I'm sure a jury would hear, well, she's drugged her sister and made her think she's gone crazy. That wouldn't be admissible in court. They wouldn't be able to use prior bad acts against her. If we're, if we're talking real world. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, even with her confession, even with her statement, her sworn statement, she admitted to involuntary manslaughter. She's telling them it was an accident, and there's she, nothing to With an to accident, that counts as involuntary manslaughter, Tony. That's an accident that caused someone's death. But it, but there's there's nothing to prove that her state. I, I think what you're not. That that's the whole point, though. It's like yeah, there's, I mean, it, there's it a like laundry this. list of charges between nothing and murder, and with the statement that she gave, she literally admits to at least two crimes. Like there's uh, no, like there's this. nothing to prove it. Her her statement proves it. The statement that she gave. Look at like this. Yeah, you're driving she... in a car and you're texting and you hit someone. You can yell. That's an accident all you want, but that's still involuntary manslaughter. Because but, you caused the death due to negligence. I get what I get what you're saying, but soaps never take it that seriously. Whether they should or not is a completely separate issue. But it, it never goes that deep with soaps. It's usually either murder or not, and there's no actual proof to show that she intended to hurt her. At least not at this given moment. And it's better they they wait until they actually have proof to charge her rather than having to charge her and let her go and not being able to charge her when the truth comes out. Well, well, I will say this. I'm glad. Well, that's true. Because <laughs> this this story makes no sense, and where it's going makes no sense. But here's the thing about Laura's death, and this is Stan behavior all to the side. They're not playing it like Laura's dead anyway. <laughs> I mean, she had the quickest funeral in soap history. She did. That's she did. And usually, with a death of a historic character like this. Usually, it had a montage and and like, everyone or, or someone talking about Laura long term, like literally the whole episode dedicated to Laura. It would have affected family, family back. Exactly, well, they, they, they did. It was just off screen. Mike and JJ were at the church. They just we just didn't see them. Exactly. No, so they weren't. JJ JJ called. He couldn't make it back. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah JJ Mike called and couldn't make it back. And Mike was in Boston and picking her up at the airport. Mike and JJ were never even in Salem. So it, it comes off as <laughs> 50% of me is like, oh my God, Laura Horton's dead. And then 50% of me is like, I would not be surprised if Peter Brake came in to Salem with Laura in tow. You know what I mean? It It doesn't seem like it's really... Listen, it's Salem. My percentages would be 70-30 in favor of not dead. Like, I, I don't know how much of that is just them kind of treating Laura like a throwaway. A non-factor for yeah. purposes and how much of that is COVID restrictions. I don't know, but it 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 definitely was not what I expected it, it to be. It did not play as a real death. It did not I mean, play even, as a real death. Even Bill's death played better Exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. I was like, we spent a whole. That was terrible. We spent a whole episode or four or five talking about Bill's death. I mean, even two or three weeks after when Kate was getting out of jail, and Jennifer informed her that Bill was dead, 
That was exactly a year ago, by the way. First off, that scene was amazing to me because Kate going, oh, oh my God, when is the funeral? Kate, you missed it. It already happened. You were in jail. And Kate's face, like, oh my God. And she just ran out to the police station. Gold. But that brings back my point. We didn't see any of this with Laura's death at all. <laughs> we it, it was pointless. It, it came off as you didn't have to kill that character. <laughs> I wonder if Lucas is going to react or say anything. I mean, I know he didn't, he wasn't really, I mean, he wasn't really related to Laura, but I mean, that was his sister's mother. So I wonder if he's going to say anything when we see Lucas next week. It it just doesn't come off as a real character death. So I would not be surprised in a year or two if Laura comes back. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Like I said, this is days. I'm 70-30 in favor of not being dead. Also, it would be a good story point. Abigail did all these things to Gwen and Laura's actually alive. It comes off as, hell, you're just as bad as Gwen. That's an amazing point that you could make. And it seems like they're trying to make that point. But again, Laura didn't have to die. They killed my Laura Horton, y'all. They killed her. Like a damn $5 day player. You're never going to be able to let this go. I won't. I won't. I'm not going to let it go either. I'm not even a big fan. I just know the history of the character, and I think there was a lot they could have done with her. Oh, I agree. Especially considering how Albert... feels unnecessary. Especially how how Albert Allard did her. Jamie Lynn Yeah. can, can, Can we bring that up since we didn't get a chance to bring that up since the episode where we brought that up didn't actually make air? What did he do? He didn't actually tell Jamie Lynn Bauer that she was being killed off. She read it in the script. Oh, damn. So Albert Alar has an allergy to doing his fucking job. He refuses to let people know that they are being let go. He didn't tell Judy Evans she was being killed off when they did the time jump. Freddie and Chandler had to read about their exits in the script. They were not told. I remember that. Like, it is your job as the producer to inform people when they no longer have a job. How do you not do this? The only good thing that I picked up from that interview, which also puts into my 50% that Laura isn't really dead, is that even producers and people backstage, even Matthew Ashford told Jamie Lynn Bauer, nobody dies in Salem for long. He said, look, I've died five times and here I am. (laughs) So part of me is grieving. Part of me is like, that girl ain't dead. But um, anyways, back to the story. All that to say, they're playing the beats of this story so fast and loose to the point that viewers don't even care anymore. And the thing is, it takes up so much goddamn screen time. (laughs) And that's the worst part about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's on almost every day. And the story, the story isn't even that great to be on every day. Now, as problematic as it was, the Alley's rape storyline, had you had that on every day? It was and so And they did good. for a certain part. It was just so Towards good. the end of the year, into the first part of 2020, it dominated. 
And that's why we were in such a different place when we started this podcast versus where we are now. Exactly. Give us a good story to have on every day. But this ain't it. As many beats as you missed, as many things that were asinine, as many things that didn't need to happen. Fuck this story. <laughs> and let and while we're on this story, let me just bring up a general issue that I have. And and we kind of touched on it earlier. The pacing on this show is terrible. It's been bad for months, Tony. No, but this, like, do you realize that everything that happened with Abby, Gabby, and Gwen was on the evening of the morning that they found Charlie? God. I never noticed that. Because when we jumped into the, for the one day that we got the focus on the Charlie murder mystery, which I know we're going to talk about next in a minute, that was the next day. Sammy had been in custody for 24 hours. John and Marlena were were in the hospital overnight. So everything that happened from last Wednesday to this Wednesday was the evening of the day that, like, it was all the same day. And all the Abby Gabby stuff from this week was in the evening of that day. They need to fix that. They need to. They need to start mixing the stories better within each episode. Like, stop islanding stories. Like last week, we spent the whole week focused on. Charlie and Allie and all that stuff and then this week was predominantly Abby, Gabby and Gwen if we had mixed the two and blended it it would be I think it would be paced a lot better well I will say this it used to be like this in the 90s as well and then it got better but then they went back to the same formula of the 90s and I know we say that the 80s and 90s were like classic amazing days Parts of it were, but... If you fix something and it works for everyone, keep it that way. The pacing used to be great. Even if the pacing was off back in the day, they still had, like... Like, every day was a must-see episode. Even if the writing or the story... Yeah, even if the stories maybe were frustrating to some like it, de- it depends on the year it was still like s- something happened every single day and that's not the same thing here also like, it was things in those stories that made sense it was nothing in those exactly. stories that made you go that wasn't and they had that character depth they had individual growth they had all of maybe not all the time, but it had beats to the story, even if the story didn't make sense and pacing maybe was off sometimes. Uh, the pacing right now is frustrating because we've barely seen the murder mystery and we barely see Ilani and Paulina, so I feel like it is so off and we see way too much Gwen, Abby, and all that stuff, and it's just I don't understand uh, why no Abby and whenever at Chad and Abby are on the show, they eat the show. Yes. You notice that? Yes. Every but they're not the only ones. Damn time. But it, it ha- Thank I God mean, we don't get that damn because your mind's on this year. Oh. 
but I mean, true. They're not the only ones. That's true. And when Abby and Chabby weren't there, we had Sarah front and center chewing scenery every goddamn day. But it's literally like they're the like I don't understand what it is when Chad and Abby are on the show. They literally eat the show, and they don't even eat the show in good story. That that's why like I was talking about the boys. They need a break. <laughs> Make the last them, 10 years no, if it happens. No, my thing they cannot is, get back together anytime soon. My thing is make them give them compelling story again. Give them a separate little break. Give them a divorce, something. And then make I them think come. we're gonna get the break with her maternity leave, honestly. Be- because remember get- when they left for Paris and came back? Chad and Abigail was so refreshing to see and so enjoyable to watch. But yes, now I this- was just saying that. But now we're back in this rut of before they left for Paris, of seeing them ever every day and stories we want to be over. But again, I'm just gonna say, let's lift this storyline up in prayer and give it to the prayer warriors because there's nothing more I can do for it. I'm sorry, I'm tired of giving suggestions. I'm tired of saying it should have went this way. I'm tired, I'm sick and I'm damn tired. Um, I will say I love Anna. Yeah, that was a little light spot of it. But other than that, I'm over the story. I'm sick. I'm tired of being sick and tired, y'all. This wasn't the days that I was watching at the beginning of the year. So I would like to know what happened. Anyways, last story of the week, guys. We see Sammy in the Salem holding room that she could have easily walked out of because, you know, people walk in and out of that hole. And she's trying to convince Belle to represent her. Also... This was the best scenes of the week for me. Yeah. Across town, John is starting to piece together that he might have been there at the killing of Charlie. I would like to say... I'm so glad that somebody, aka Bell, is finally reading Sammy for pure, oh, unadulterated filth. <laughs> and Sammy took it too. Like she tried, she did. needed her. She, she has. She had to deal with it. <laughs> but like, th- there was literally nothing she could say. Like, she tried she... to defend herself, but it got to the push. She was like, "You know what? You're right." No, she's like, "No, I got to give you that." Like what I did was awful because let's face it because she tried to defend that whole thing she was doing during the custody trial and Belle told it like it was Sammy was like oh you know I'll do anything for my kids no Sammy you will do anything for your kids as long as it's self-serving and Sammy went oh damn she really just checked me it was gold. And I know I said when I heard that Sammy was returning, I literally said, I do not want a Sammy return without somebody reading her to the ground. And they did it. Well done, days. They did that right. Now, I, I, here's my question. When, when Belle found out that Charlie was dead, what did you make of her reaction? Came off as if she knew something. She knows something. Right? She's hiding. I think she went back and saw Charlie that night. Do you think? Do you think maybe she saw someone leaving and she knows who the person is? So she. I wonder if she she, she saw John leaving. I feel like leaving. Sammy or Belle saw John leaving. 
I don't know if Sammy did because if her flashback is to be believed, she came in and saw Charlie already dead. John was there last night at her, like the night before and heard the shot. So I don't think Sammy would have seen him, but I I think Sammy thinks that she's protecting Allie. And I think that either Belle or Allie might have seen John that night. Or Allie might have seen John and then Belle saw Allie. Like think like people saw things. Yeah. I need to see all of them interact and see how they react talking about Charlie's murder. So Allie's going to start acting it. very sus- I just need oh this goodness. story to play play out on screen more because we only get it next once next week and that's just Really? Again, yep. your pacing is terrible. We're it's going It's going to pick back up the week of the 15th. I think we get like two or three days of it that week. So who do you guys think did it? My vote is for John. I would like it to be John. I don't know if they'll go there. I mean, he could have done it and forgot about it. That's what I was thinking. I would prefer that. I don't need nobody going to jail for this shit. And they could like blame it on the aneurysm. That's yeah, the I most, don't know. That's the most logical way to go about it without putting I don't want it to be Gwen. No, thank you. I want it to be a character has a, who has a motive. I feel like the person who has the strongest motive is Allie. But I feel like Allie's too obvious, so it's yeah, what it is, Uncle Roman. But it's gonna be <laughs> 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 giving Uncle Roman something to do aside from being a bartender or whatever. Oh, um, mixing chowder. <laughs> yeah. Um... Who do I think? I don't know. I, it could be anyone. That's why I want to see the storyline because I'm actually intrigued by it. Yeah, exactly. Like seeing like a parade of suspects being brought into um. Yeah. 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 Like and that then, when they thought like they were trying to figure. Um, I'm sorry. Do you all get the feeling that maybe like that look of bells? Maybe she went and checked on Claire and saw that she was gone. Because remember, they think Sean at least thinks that Claire went to bed, and she snuck out that night. But she snuck out to see. Allie. No, but no, because she, she was, was she was she was on the phone with with Sean when when Ben came in to talk about the dream, and she said, "Dad, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I had to go see Allie." So they know. She- she went to go see Allie yeah, because the episode ended with Belle going to check on her and coming out and saying she's gone and oh, then okay. we jumped to that. a few hours later after I don't think Claire is a suspect no she's not and because uh, when Eli told her that Charlie yeah. was dead Surprise. her flashback was to Allie exactly she, w- exactly. she would have had a more Get, like she would have flashed back to either the fight that she had with Charlie or it would have been something her based rather than Allie based. She thinks Allie did it. Now, who do I we do... have as suspect? Is it John? Bell? Right now it's John, Sammy, Bell, and Allie. My, my only issue with the storyline again is pacing. Why are we only seeing this one or two days a week? This should be your forefront storyline. It's all that Gwen and Abby and Gabby bullshit that we're seeing. But maybe it's because the Gwen, Abby, Gabby stuff is about to end when Marcy goes on maternity leave. So then this is kind of cooking in the B spot and is going to move up to the A spot once that 
shifts out kind of it, it, it seems like they're trying to stretch the story I, out instead of actually writing more story I think it's gonna shift like Tony said but there's a lot of a lot of stories that are about to wrap up and they're they're going to eat the show for the next few weeks yeah like this, this, like this story week, is about to yeah. wrap up the Gabby Abby no not Gabby sorry Gwen Abby story is about to wrap up soon. So I think the murder mystery and also I'm gonna throw Ilani in there. It's gonna they're gonna be on the forefront soon. But these stories have to wrap up. But that being yeah. said, the pacing is still awful and I hate it. It's like what's the reason of starting this story before all of those others have ended? Makes no yeah, sense to me. it makes no sense to start it the way they did, but because what and and just so everyone is like, it's going to be this day in Salem all the way through through Sierra's rescue because oh, yeah, Bell Bell is wearing oh, that the, the dress that <laughs> Bell is wearing the dress that she wore in the scenes with Sammy in the picture of of Sean in the hospital when they're cuddling in the hospital bed, she's still in the, in the green dress. So that's going to be in the aftermath of whatever happens with Claire and Evan on Thursday. I know she's tired of wearing them clothes. So this day is going to last at least until middle of next, March. next Friday, if not into Monday. Jesus Christ. This feels me. like Jared's writing all over again. Like, am I back in like 2005 or four? Yeah, I didn't know if you guys were aware of that. So I just thought I'd make you aware of that. Wait, what's Sean, just in, what? what's Sean huh? in the hospital for? Um, he, I think when, because Thursday, Evan kidnaps Claire. And then in the promo right. for next oh, week, it, okay. it shows them busting in and he's got Claire at gunpoint. I think Sean is going to end up struggling with Evan for the gun and get knocked out. Because if you look at the picture in Soap Opera Digest, if you zoom in, you can see he's got like a head wound because he's got like steri strips on his head. Mm. So I think he gets knocked out because he doesn't look like he's been in the explosion. So I don't think he's there when Ben rescues Sierra. I think he gets hurt rescuing Claire from Evan. Well, guys, I'm just going to wrap this on up because it wasn't enough to go on for this week. It was the biggest story of this week, but we only saw one to two days of it, which I feel like was a big mistake on Daisy's part. And you guys, that's the end of the weekly recap. We made it through. We did. Now time for the segments. Good, bad, ugly. My good, God help me for saying this. The Marlena and Ben scene mainly because I got to see Mar Marlena and the acting was actually pretty damn good on both parts. My bad, I can't really pick a bad. Um, I would have to okay. say Steve John, no, nah, that's going to be my ugly. My bad, yeah, no, that's- my zucchini muffins, I don't know what the hell a zucchini muffin is. It was stupid. They're really good. It, it, it was stupid. It was, I, I that's the only bad. It was actually a pretty decent week, so I'm going to make that my bad. My ugly, it would have to be a tie between Steve Johnson being the asshole to Bonnie and Jack trying to defend Gwen to Abigail. And basically, she basically told him, 
it's either her or me. And he was basically saying, I'm siding with Gwen on this one. It was just bad. The Johnson boys can go to hell and burn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joe should have given you to someone else. So we'll never have to hear from you again, Jack. Tony. She did. No, no, I'm saying someone other than the Devil Rose. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, she, he should have been swallowed. But that's oh. another conversation for another day. God. Excuse me. No. Oh. No, no. <laughs> damn. Okay, now no, we like, have, damn. Now we have. Old man away. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> now we have the title for the podcast Should Have Been Swallowed. Don't name it that. <laughs> Tony, you're good, bad, and ugly. Um, my good was the hypnosis. Wait a minute, hold scene. on. Did I take you? <laughs> I feel like you need some time to recuperate after should have been swallowed. I've <laughs> <laughs> tried to ignore that because that was in reference to one of my favorite characters. So right? just we're moving, we're moving right past that. My good, um was the hypnosis scene with Ben and Sierra and Marlena and just all of that on Thursday. That was just everything that I've wanted it to be. I have been manifesting hypnosis into this story since the car exploded in September to finally have it happen and to just have them actually have a conversation in real time was just everything my fangirl heart could have ever asked for. So I was thrilled. My bad, um, Kate, Jake, Philip, and Gabby. Like, I don't understand this whole thing. I could have completely done without it. It's juvenile. Like, just let them. Philip was right when he said that Kate poked a bear by doing this. He should have just left Gabby alone, or she should have just left Gabby alone. And now, we're going to be devolving into this whole mess that I don't really want to see. Even though I like Jake and Gabby, they're taking them down the completely wrong direction. And my ugly is that Justin, Bonnie, Kayla, Steve mess. We didn't need that. It was literally a waste of airtime. Like why that could have gone to Charlie stuff. Dylan, good, bad, and ugly. Um, My good, even though we only got a little taste of it, I really liked, you know, Jack Hayes' debut and getting to meet Paulina and getting to see Lonnie and Eli and Abe and Paulina all interact. It just made me really excited, especially knowing that Theo's coming back. So I'm just like, that made me happy. That was a happy spot for me this week. Um, my bad, yeah, that, that whole Jake, Kate, Gabby, sign, gate, storefront, I don't care. I just That's gonna make, I'm going to change my bad to that one as well. <laughs> I just, I, I'm, it was I'm trying. Bad and it was pointless. I'm, I'm trying. I just, I don't, I don't care. Right whatever it's whatever and my ugly i i love jack but jack is in the doghouse with me this week because same same no same just just no i when i am cheering on chad and cursing (laughs) jack 
That's yeah, what I, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> we were we went to the upside down. Right. We're I haven't liked chat in years, but I agreed with everything you said. <laughs> we are in bizarro world. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Ariette, good, bad, and ugly. Um, so the good, um, it's obviously Paulina. Um, I love I love the energy she brings. Um and <laughs> <laughs> just have to. <laughs> and she kept mentioning how rich she is, and Eli and Lonnie were just like Eli was looking amused and were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and Lonnie was like, "Huh?" Oh. Um, that was such a good scene. It was the best for me this week. Um, I can't wait to see more. I want to know more about Lonnie's history before Salem. And I hope we can get that. Uh, so the bad. Oh. Sorry, Tony, but Sierra <laughs> smugness. Oh Lord. <laughs> I was I was convinced that was getting your ugly, so I'll take no, that. No, it's gonna another thing is gonna get the ugly. I, I'm just over it. It's not needed. Show some humility, please. Like, ugh. I can't stand this, this character. So she gets the uh, the bad for me. The ugly. I was going to say Jack. Up until I saw Friday's episode. So Jake, Gabby, and Kate gets the ugly for me. What is What was the reason? What is the point of the storyline? What was... Uh, no. And for that comment, Jake said... So all of that gets the ugly for me this week. Nick, good, bad, and ugly. The Negroes being front and center is the good, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I loved uh, Paulina's introduction. We finally made our plantation land, y'all. Right. I, um, she had instant chemistry with all the actors. Um, I'm here for whatever they do with it. I just need more of it. Um, the bad um, Kate, Jake, Gabby, and Philip. I don't care. That's why it's bad. I just don't care. I don't care about anything they're doing. Not at all. The ugly. Jack and Jennifer wanting Abigail to be friends with Gwen. It's stupid. It's unrealistic. It's so you, can, dumb. you can have relatives that you just don't fucking like. It's not hard. <laughs> like They don't have to be cool. They can be cool 10 years from now. It doesn't have to be now if we're on that long. Just Yikes. they just need to tone <laughs> sorry. They just need to tone it down. Let Abigail have her feelings. Let Chad have his. If if Jack wants to have a relationship with Gwen, fine. He can do that, but don't force it on other people. But and see what's crazy is Jack started so well. Like I think was it Friday and Monday or Monday and Tuesday something, but they repeated the scene like he started out saying like I'm gonna have a relationship with Gwen. I don't. I know that doesn't make you happy, but it is what it is. But he at first he wasn't trying to force her into having a relationship. He actually told her to stay away, which I thought was the smarter move. Yeah, and I then, remember. That. I like that and, scene. And then the next day they replayed that scene and then pivoted into Bizarro World. 
I just think this story in the aftermath of Laura's death could have been handled a lot better oh. if they were going to do it. Sorry, Michael. Um, but this this mm. Jack siding with Gwen on this should have torn should be tearing their family apart with with Jennifer in the middle. And, and JJ, I feel like they should have extended Katie's contract, kept her here, and played that beat. Yeah, like what 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 how did she go? Well, my thing with that is I feel like Katie she signed a six-month contract. I feel like now they're trying... Three months. I feel like now they're trying to negotiate having her on full-time. I I truly believe I She said she's open to it, but from the the interview... I watched her interview with Disha Days, and it doesn't sound like they're in talks. But here's the thing. Katie's been in this building, building... Business... Shit. Building and business a long time. A long time. She knows how contract negotiations work. And a professional in this building knows that contract negotiations go south really quickly. So do not put your coach contract negotiations on the forefront. So I feel like she's trying to play Don't it. Don't do this and take notes. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> That is true. I don't know if y'all have ever, I don't know if y'all ever watched like Hollywood Divas, but there was a scene where Golden Brooks was talking, where she had gotten the Lethal Weapon pilot and she was like over the moon about it, bragging on it, just kind of a little unbearable about it. Wait. And she got fired at the table read. They replaced, they, she replaced, Keisha Sharp replaced her? Yes, she did. Golden got that part first. And she told everybody about it. She told everybody about it. And everyone was kind of side-eyeing her because they were like, you know, it's just the pilot, right? You've just booked the pilot. We haven't, they haven't even shot anything. But she was just over the top about it. And then the next thing you knew, Keisha Sharp had the part. And everybody was like, (laughs) and everybody was like, you don't say a word until it's been filmed it's in the can it's been announced by the studio exactly so, so katie is i feel like she's trying to play it smart i feel like they're trying to get her back full time i would but, love that because she's the first time i like jennifer be honest she's made me fall in love with jennifer again but i've said that plenty of times on this podcast but nick you've only been watching 10 years right i know so That's that a- makes sense because jennifer yeah. in this decade is not yeah. Yeah, Dickmatized Jennifer is not the true Jennifer Horton. He, he was awful. I just never understood it. <laughs> well, it's time for my favorite segment of the week. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. It is time <laughs> for Michael's reading Rainbow. Let me put on my spectacles because I'm about to read. <clears throat> Let's see on the docket today. Steve Johnson, sit your ass down. Sit your ass down. Say it with me, y'all. Sit Sit your ass down. down. Sit your ass down. Steve Johnson, you one-eyed fucker, you. How dare you? How dare you sit there and try to comfort Bonnie when you used to be Victor's heavy? You know... It's one thing when you're just a sanctimonious prick, but you've been a sanctimonious asshole to children, the elderly, by the, the you've just been an asshole to everyone. And considering all your deeds, you bitch you. 
you need to take that one eye of yours and go sit it in the corner. Bad, Steve. That was a very bad Steve. And I see why Ronald doesn't like writing for you. I have another read. <clears throat> to the docket, I go again. Jackson Hardcore Devereaux. Sit your <laughs> ass down. Sit your ass down. Say it with me, y'all. Sit your ass Sit down. Your ass down. <laughs> it's unfortunately deserved. Go off. Jack, you should have been swallowed. You should have been swallowed Damn. or aborted. I'm over you. I am over you. This is the third time I'd have had to put you on this docket. Is this repeat offender week or something? Why are you on my docket again? I don't understand, Jackson. Why is it this way, Jackson? Why? Especially, how dare you? I, now, see, I didn't let you have a pass all these years because I guess Jennifer forgave you for raping Kayla. But you know what? Let's put it on the forefront. You love excusing bad behavior at this point. You excused yourself for raping that poor woman. You excused yourself. No, 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 uh, 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 Well, he didn't excuse himself. But I take that back. You didn't excuse yourself. We're going to take that out the docket. You excused yourself from walking out on Jennifer multiple times. You excused yourself for not knowing that you have a child, even though you were laying down with crack horse without a rubber. I, he, how you, could he not know? You, he didn't know. He it, didn't know because she didn't tell him. He is not psychic. He was the crack horse at the time. Allegedly. You don't jump to hardcore drugs after you was having a little taste of that all your life. Anyway, you don't know what, we don't know at what point that Gwen's mother became a drug addict. It could have been after Gwen was born. You excuse your bad behavior so much, and now you've pushed it onto the new generation. You're excusing Gwen's behavior over a child that you raised. You saw born in that damn cabin. Delivered her, by Delivered the way. Delivered her, exactly. You decided to choose a daughter you've known for all of what, three weeks? over the child that you delivered into this world. And for that, you're just a bitch. You're a bitch. There's no way around it. So you should have been swallowed. Fuck you, Jackson Hardcore Devereaux. And that has been my read of the week. Damn. Should have been left in the damn rubber. Anyways, now it is time. Oh, y'all are so silent. I must have read them down. My God. Um, Don't worry, I got something to say when we get to you're watching it wrong. Uh, now it is time for y'all's favorite segment, the you're watching it wrong segment of the week. Tony? I feel like Arya and I might have the same one. Hypocrisy. Is it about... It's hypocrisy on soap Twitter, though mine is a different example than yours. I think mine is a reference to... Uh, some fans saying like being upset that Ben once was mentioned in reference to Abby and Gabby why they're teaming up and Abby being capable of doing scheming on her own or doing things on her own and Ben was brought up and a fan got upset you cannot be upset when you're the history of your character is brought up it was brought up in when Abby put Ben on fire and uh, she was crazy yeah she was crazy but she the point is like you cannot be mad 
when fans bring up accurate history. That is something that has happened. You cannot be mad about it. What? Uh, what? Yeah, so- no, her, her anger was misdirected because she thought she thought that people were just bringing up Ben to bring up Ben, but it actually had... He was but it's not the a... first time. I'm not talking just about this fan or the fandom itself. I'm just talking generally fans get upset when you, you're not bashing a character, but you're bringing up their history. And fans are like, why are you doing it? Like, to bring up the history, because there's a point of it. Like, it is not because we're bashing, but it's just bringing up history. I mean, I will say that using the example of when Abby was crazy as a reason to why that she can be able to handle things on her own isn't exactly a good example, but that's a whole conversation for another Yeah, time. I agree. But she has done... She has Not been well. able to scheme... <laughs> I mean, remember Austin, Abby, yeah, Carrie, and that, and that and scheme completely fell apart. And she wasn't good at it. <laughs> no, she and wasn't she good at it, but she did it on her own. Like and she failed at it, so she's getting help. Gavin's yeah, gotten away. Gavin's gotten away with more shit. She anyway, failed the point at it. Carrie is... slapped the shit out of her that day. <laughs> <laughs> but she the did. point is, don't be mad about fans bringing up characters history like relevant history that is things that have happened just because you think people are bashing that's not the case with a lot of fans so yeah that's my it's not you're watching it wrong you're tweeting it wrong (laughs) yeah and i have i have i have actually two since michael did two i'm gonna do two um my first one is hypocrisy on soap twitter i'm so over it and this was this was the example that kind of pushed me over the edge there were a couple this week but i saw somebody who hates the fact that ben was redeemed turn around and say well since you redeemed ben why couldn't you redeem charlie no but that is a good point it is a good point it is a good point but if you hate the fact that ben was redeemed you don't get to then use ben's redemption as a weapon to suit your purpose it does not work that way that is you being a hypocrite. Exactly. That is you being a hypocrite and hip- hypocrisy just drives me up a wall. And my second one is just um, this is what I'm going to call the weekly moment in which Soap She Knows proves that they know next to nothing. Oh, shit. <laughs> so did, did you all see that article where they um, where they talked about Sierra and how they enjoy her um, her dynamic with Evan and how she, they like that she's so tough and like they acted like she was the first woman on days to ever do that while being kidnapped. Yeah, yep. that was not great. Right. Okay. So then we all collectively dragged him for filth because he was loud and wrong. We, we remember this happening that way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. So then I think I saw it last night. He comes out with an article yep. that, that saying Sierra fans defended her. <laughs> it wasn't even Sierra. <laughs> and it wasn't even, first of all, A, it wasn't even Sierra fans. B, Sierra didn't need defending because you actually complimented her. Exactly. You, you just ha- oh, but Lord. you just happened to insult every other woman on the show while doing so. What we actually did was called you out for being loud and wrong because you keep proving that you know nothing. You should read you should rename this website Soaps She Knows Shit. Because he knows nothing. 
Exactly. Oh. Well, I'm glad you got that out, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with everything she said. Like, that was just, like, so dumb. Makes no I mean, I, and he's always dumb. Yeah, like, That was just next level dumb. Don't, don't come over here now. Don't come over here, whatever his name is, because I ain't got time to be reading, folks. I'm studying. But, <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry. I'll do it for you. Anyways, that's the end of this Dylan, podcast. do you have anything? Or Nick, do you have like, well, I, any? No, I, I do. That, like, you do? I do, but go ahead, Dylan. Uh, I was going to say, the only thing that kind of irked me was, like, I was going through tweets, and I feel like the term super couple is thrown around real loose mm. in these soap Twitter streets these days. It is. And <laughs> a popular pairing does not a super couple make. Uh-oh. So, I... <laughs> Michael was like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. It, there were a lot of popular pairings in the 80s and 90s. They all didn't make super couple faded. status. <laughs> you know, they have kind of faded from, you know, our collective. My beloved women. Mike and Carrie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a popular a popular pairing does not a super couple make. A super couple is a super couple for a reason. Exactly. And y'all need to be a little more judicious with applying that label to people. Well said. I, I It's weird to me, like, fans use the word super couple as if a couple not being labeled as a super couple is less than. And that is not true. I personally don't see anyone on the canvas like the younger couples, the newish couples, like that only go back at least a decade, they're not super couples. When people, they don't even call Eric Cole a super couple. And my exactly. God, like when people, I love Ilani, they're my favorite. When people call them a super couple, I'm like, no, they're not. They can be in like 20 years if they're still around, but. No couple on this show is a super couple. So I completely agree with Dylan. Fans are using this term so loosely. It is frustrating to see. Uh, quite honestly, I believe the term super couple is only reserved to the 80s and early 90s. Exactly. That's it. Because Eric yeah, Cole, think... they have 20 years of history. But I will. Well, I, and I'm, I Eric will... I'm going to extended to the early 2000s only because I would qualify Shell and Lumi as super couples. Uh, they were a special exception. Shell, Lumi, I don't think Shell can be considered as how, how can they not be? Not the writing, I mean like just I feel like either Lumi, Lumi started in 1993 or yes earlier but they, 93 but they didn't 90. actually get together till 2004 yeah, so i feel like oh that's 10 years lord i remember that yeah it's listen it took them 10 years to get there and i'm watching like 93 94 and i'm like how did you not go here but i like that it takes a long time that is how couples are supposed to be built nowadays to like i don't know i just I don't think anyone later or any couple later than the 80s are 
can be labeled as a super couple. Wait, you would so you wouldn't label John and Marlena a super couple? In nineties, sorry, eighties, nineties. Sorry. Okay. I spot just Well, here's my I, feeling yeah. on it. There are special exceptions to that rule. I mean, Shell and Lumi, in my opinion, are super couples. But it still does not expand towards after but, 93 for me for you me to qualify anyone as a super couple. Because yeah, it just doesn't work. Sorry. Because to ahead. me, a major component of super couple is a couple that even the mainstream fans were even talking about or trying to figure out what was going on with them. They don't have Not that anymore. That. It's like when you think of super couples, those were the couples that were like when you Ralph think Bailey. of the show, you think of this pairing. Even if you don't watch exactly. the show, like you don't have to watch The Young and the Restless to know that's Victor and Nikki's show. Mm-hmm. You have people who have not watched The Young and the Restless in 20 years, but they still know that Victor and Nikki were in game meant to be greatest love of all. Or you're still asking about J&J or Jarlena or Stela. They're, they're not know, asking about, sorry to say, this is the only good couple I can think of right now. They're not asking about Ilani or Sin after not watching for 20 years. You know what I mean? So there's a time limit. I will say Sin has brought in new viewers. Like people have have seen stuff and and Sin has brought them in and I'm sure Ilani has too. But I think for me, Sin is the closest we're ever going to, like the close, for me, Sin is the closest we'll get to the super couple writing of that time. But, and I think that their recent story has put them on the trajectory to super couple but, but i wouldn't I, know because here's the th- okay here's the other thing about a super couple that nobody ever really wants to cop to but super couples generally are not polarizing like generally the majority of the audience is rooting for this pairing like if you watched guiding light night the majority of the audience were like josh and reva josh and reva josh and reva if you watch santa barbara the majority of the audience were like cruise and eat and cruise and eat. you know what i mean you watch general hospital back in the day there's a reason 30 million people tuned in to watch luke and laura get married when you are talking about a super couple super couples generally are not polarizing it's a couple that not only their specific fan base gets behind, but it's a couple that everyone the general gets. audience tends to get behind. And it's I wonder a couple that if creates an impact outside of their show in the genre. So it's like people <laughs> wonder if people have I don't know if misappropriated is the right word, but misinterpreted what super couple means. And now people think that if a couple generates buzz and a lot of buzz be it positive or negative that makes them a super couple yeah. but it, it's generating buzz within the soap fandom it, it when it isn't outside of it like that that doesn't affect the show in any way so like i don't none of these younger couples have brought in ratings even if they bring in popular, uh, if, even if they bring in buzz among fans, it is still not affecting ratings. So it's like, it does nothing. Yeah, the or, only couple currently on screen that brings in ratings are John and Marlena. And, and right. that's <laughs> exactly. And, and look at, um, 
you know, and look at the material, look at the criteria, look at, they hit all, they hit those super, super couple, you know, they hit that checklist of things that make a super couple. And it's not, you know, and it's not like shade because I, there are pairings that I like that are popular, but they're not, they're not super couples. Exactly. Because I'm an Eric Cole stan and I would not claim them as a super couple. But Nick, that's okay. Nick, but y'all gotta is, stop. Y'all gotta stop using that term all willy nilly because it, it does not apply to everybody. I very rarely use it. If I'm gonna use close to it, I'm gonna use power couple because that has a different meaning. Yeah. But super couple, no. I respect the history of the show and the way the formula and how it was done in the past, but none of these couples are it as far as super couples go. That is just a fact. Well, Nick, do you have a you're watching it wrong? Yes. I don't know if it counts, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Go ahead. I'm happy Theo's coming back. I saw this um, post on Soap Central. God help me. Oh, Um, Lord. (laughs) Someone said, oh. Into the um, bad land. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be interesting. (laughs) Oh, JJ's, oh, Theo's coming back. Um, Is JJ coming back too? It would be weird if he's not there. I'm like. Are they a couple? That's what I'm like. Okay, leave that on the playground. Theo is, is, is that that TV fanatic columnist <laughs> on a soap opera? Central message for. Oh, I don't like him either. But <laughs> um, he was. I'm like, y'all. This podcast is gonna catch a lot of hell. I'm like Theo. I'm like Theo is a Demera. He's a Carver. He's Abe's kid. He's Lonnie's brother. He's Jules and Carver's nephew. Uncle, he can actually he can date ninety percent. He can he, actually date ninety percent of the canvas because he ain't right? related to any Except, of them. I'm like, why would him and I'm like he and he and JJ aren't related? They're not fucking. What's why <laughs> would him no, being uh, in town? That relationship is so weird. I hate that relationship. Nobody likes the JJ Theo friendship. It's so the further we get away horrible. from it, the better. It's awful. It's insulting. Why does the black man have to get shot by the white guy and be his friend? Fuck that. Just, just that was just the most acidine shit I've ever read. <laughs> I've read in a while on that board, and that's saying something. I was gonna say that's saying something. Yeah. Lord. But that was my. You're watching it wrong. <laughs> Anyways, no, I'm sorry. No, leave him wherever the hell he is for right Please now. Please do. Casey Moss ain't even ain't even. I think uh, like I mean he enjoys days when he goes there, but I don't even think he's like thinking. Long term, in terms exactly. of long terms, in terms of coming back. Unless JJ's a crackhead, keep his ass wherever he is. <laughs> I like JJ. Go oh, fucking but interesting. I don't. I don't necessarily needed right now. He's not. He's and that's not. the sad part because his family's in shambles, and we don't care. <laughs> he was there for the blowout of Jack and Jennifer's marriage, and it literally served no purpose. None. But at all. Well. We have come to the end of this wonderful podcast. I am Michael. I hope I can be back for this because after this, the Staler and J&J fans are probably going to team up and have me go outside the country. It we should be- probably <laughs> announce, though, Michael, that you're... Wait, oh, I was getting to that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was going to say, just wait, just so nobody thinks something happened to you. You know, I can't go to Sweden, though, because, you know, I'm under investigation, allegedly. <laughs> 
What? <laughs> you're really going to give that tool a platform? Jesus Christ. You know you're listening. Thanks for watching. But <laughs> I am not going to be in next week. I will be taking the GRE and studying and all that. So me and Tony decided, Aria and Dylan do not know this at all, but y'all will be having a very special Ladies Night podcast in honor of Women's History Month. Can't say, you know, can't say we're not inclusive here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I will see you guys in two weeks. The rest of y'all will see each other next week. And this is Soap Dish Salem. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me, y'all. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Child, they're going to write me to hell and back. <laughs> <laughs>